0: <coughs> <coughs> guys welcome to uh corona getting some color <laughs> what's up guys i don't even know what episode this is holy shit i should be prepared i think it's 11
1: <laughs> i don't keep count i just do them
0: we, we just do we just do the do hey hi, hi everybody i'm Drew dubs and i'm zach And uh, we're here to talk some wrestling, and just like always, uh, life gets in the way, and we always say that next episode is going to be pretty quick, but then we just pile shit on, and then it's probably going to be a long episode. But this is episode 12, I just found out. This is episode 12 of Getting Some Color. Yeah. All right, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to talk some news. We're going to quickly go through AEW Revolution real quick, even though we did a live uh, reaction uh, we're quickly gonna give a little uh, analysis, a little bit. We're not gonna go in debt, and then we're gonna talk about elimination chamber, and uh, yeah, th- that pay per view, and then <laughs> let's get into some news. So, just like how I coughed in the beginning of this episode, I want—I just want to get this out of the way. Wrestling is getting infected by the coronavirus. I'm not meaning that they are getting like sick off of it, but what's happening around the world is you have the NHL, the NBA, the MLB, the XFL, pretty much every sports organization uh, either suspending or canceling their events. And um, AEW was supposed to be in New York, but uh, Governor Cuomo, Kum- or wherever his name is, uh, the the New York governor made it so that Uh, events that are holding 500-plus people uh, can't happen. So that means AEW can't happen. And I believe Detroit did the same thing with SmackDown. So so SmackDown is going to the Performance Center tomorrow. Yeah. So, Zach, I want your opinion. Uh, I think this might be a good thing for SmackDown, in my opinion. Because... I think they might get, if there's people in the crowd uh, from the performance center. Oh, wait, no. Performance center is where they train.
1: Yeah, there's no uh, accommodations to hold a crowd in the performance center. They'd have to make that up, kind of. Mm. Which they could very easily do if it takes place in that, like, whole area where you always see in, like, uh, documentaries or, like, in the sometimes on NXT they show guys in the performance center and they do, they shoot an angle there or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if they cleared all that out and the rings and just kept one ring in there and just built like a real small set, they could create a space to have like a very small crowd there. It would look really strange though. It would, it would literally be like a studio crowd. It was probably, it probably hold less people in my opinion than like what, um, gpb studios does for power mm-hmm. like I, i'm not sure about that like i feel like it, it would be comparable or less to that
0: i think you could really if any, if there's any time to work on your promo skills that would be the time to have a little like sit down promos and shit and like call somebody out and do something different because of this situation that is happening uh i'm not saying go full attitude era in any way but make it something different than what it has been for the past year or two yeah i don't know i don't know how to explain what they should do but i think this is a good time because you're not gonna have you're not gonna have an almost empty arena with tarps on it you're gonna have (laughs) a performance center with smackdown the main roster doing a show.
1: Uh yeah, to me this could be an opportunity just to do a very unique show. Sometimes stuff like that's happened to them in the past where they're like they're kind of backed into a corner because of like circumstances beyond their control.
0: Like the blizzard.
1: <clears throat> yeah, the the blizzard show, there was like that one time um where some guys were trapped in Iceland. And, uh, I I think that like a volcano erupted in Iceland like eight years ago or some shit, eight or uh, nine years ago, I want to say. Jeez. And, um, like half the roster was stuck over there and they had to like, it was like all hands on deck kind of thing. And it made the show like a little more loose and fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of another instance where something like that happened. Oh yeah. Like, um, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but, uh, I think this was like in 2006 and it was like just after the match that it was six or seven where uh, John Cena wrestled Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania and he beat him. Mm -hmm. And it was like, like just a couple weeks after that or something, uh, something happened where like a lot of the roster couldn't be there. And it forced them to have to put John Cena and Shawn Michaels in the main event and wrestle for like an hour. And it was probably, like, one of the best matches on Raw ever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, usually when they're put in these weird situations, I believe, uh, I think the Saudi Arabia show is another example when half the roster was stuck over there and, like, NXT had to fill in on SmackDown, and that's how you got, like, Adam Cole versus uh, Daniel Bryan, which was really, really good. Yeah. So, maybe we might see another NXT SmackDown kind of thing happened since, you know, NXT is based in Orlando.
1: Oh, yeah, maybe it's possible, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. But other than that, I guess you got to treat it like a one off kind of thing, because once everything goes back to normal, it's back to Vince being Vince again and controlling.
1: Yeah, it's back to status quo.
0: Yeah. Um. With the coronavirus, uh, so far, uh, WrestleMania is still on schedule. Yep. Uh, There's been news sources that uh, Tampa governor and officials have put it in Vince McMahon's hands in order to decide what to do. Which I think is mad, by the way. (laughs) Because you know him. He's probably like, I can make a lot of money doing this. Like, yes. The only... <laughs> <laughs> Or,
1: virus be damn, damn it! We're gonna have WrestleMania. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Or, or you know, it, like how I, I, I also uh, in one of the uh, groups that we're talking on Facebook, and I also sent a message to you. I said I finally figured out why Vince wants to do this so Roman Reigns doesn't get booed. When I he... gotta
1: admit that was fucking funny. I actually laughed <laughs> at that out loud.
0: Because <laughs> like, you know, that, like that's what he's saying. Like I'm gonna get him over finally in WrestleMania, yeah. And you know Goldberg's gonna lose, and Roman Reigns is gonna say this is my yard now, while there's like half an arena there. <laughs> I real I really want to see like half an arena, and like you know, you know when like Jillian Garcia goes in the middle of the ring and goes, "We have seventy three thousand people in here, sold out." I <laughs> Woo! want. I wonder if they're going to do that again. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) But what do you think about this? Do you think they should cancel? Do you think they should at least maybe delay it until the travel ban is done? Because if anybody doesn't know, uh, Trump did do a travel ban from Europe uh, and – We all know WrestleMania, a lot of people come from different countries to go see WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, a lot of Europeans and Australians come, and I'm sure, like, from even over in Asia. Mm. Uh, but... It seems like Europe's got it really bad, or at least Italy, from what I can tell. Yeah. Uh... But... I think they should at least delay it, probably. Uh... This, cause, I mean, there's that's a lot of people there, and it seems like everybody else is kind of doing the same thing. They're like, oh, maybe we just, uh, you know, play in empty arenas or something. <laughs>
0: right? So there was a lot of uh, videos of mankind versus the rock in a, the empty arena match that they had. And the now Adidas.
1: everybody's going to have an empty arena match. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I agree with you. I think they should delay it. I'll one up it though. I think they should combine SummerSlam with WrestleMania. Summer Mania, Summer Mania, there, book it, Vince. Come on, that's money right there.
1: Wrestle Slam.
0: <laughs> I I think it would be great. Uh, it, it's a shame for people in the Florida area like me because I a year ago I almost bought uh, tickets to WrestleMania because uh, when I was gonna buy it until when it was on sale, but I was like, I don't know if I want to go to Tampa since I live in Jacksonville now. And, um, I was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, you know, Tampa, that's not a far, ride. It's about two hour drive or, or I should say a four hour drive. <laughs> um, but yeah, that sucks for Floridians and anybody that's closer down South. Uh, Cause I think SummerSlam is happening in Boston. I think
1: if I Again? remember, yeah. Oh, wait, I can't really say again. I don't think they've done it there that many times.
0: No, they did it in Brooklyn so many times.
1: They do it in, like, New Jersey and, and fucking Brooklyn a lot. And then Houston's gotten it several times, and New Orleans has now twice. hmm Yeah.
0: You know, I, I think they could upgrade it for instead of doing, uh... I don't know where they were going to do SummerSlam. I don't know if they were going to do it at the, at the TD Garden or they were going to do it at the Patriots, uh... Uh, stadium, which I think if if they combine SummerSlam with Mania, I think that would be a great idea, but that's gonna... That's a lot of marketing planning to do in, you know, about four months.
1: <laughs> that could be huge, honestly. That's actually not a bad idea, but yeah, I don't think they would do it. I just don't. Mm-hmm. They can make, like, a real special novel event, Try you know, turn a negative into a positive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you think... If Vince
0: still goes with this and there's not a lot of attendance in, in the arena, do you think this hurts WWE a little bit because of having this type of mania with not a, um, not a lot of people in the crowd? Uh, I, I guarantee you they're going to probably eliminate the access to meet the superstars.
1: Yeah, they've currently put in a no no-touching policy with all the superstars, the wrestlers, and the fans, mm-hmm. so now Angel Garza can't kiss random women anymore. <laughs> Did you see his that tweet? Are, that are incredibly average looking, by the way. Did you see his tweet? <laughs> uh, I know he tweeted something in Spanish, and like somebody fucking translated it, and basically said he was being a heel about the coronavirus. He said
0: <laughs> he pretty much said his cure. The cure of the coronavirus is under my nose and above my chin, which is his lips
1: fucking stupid
0: (laughs) um i don't i i guess this is a day-by-day kind of thing i mean we really it makes me want to watch wrestlemania just for the awkwardness of possibly having a you know low attendance and probably crickets in the background
1: I i think vince i think vince would fucking just postpone it if he knew that was gonna happen He's got, he's got he's got he's all about the he's all about the image of, of things usually like what would what would it look like for me you know damn it if I sh- did this big show and fucking nobody's here like mm-hmm. but to me that's just how I think he would act.
0: I think what he's doing is I think he's waiting a week to see if this is like uh, a, a media social media outrage kind of thing and it will die down and then everything's back to normal i think that's what he's waiting for but dude wrestlemania is april 5th
1: yeah it's just a few weeks away now
0: and people that are traveling and going to hotels need to know now (laughs) you're canceling it so that they could you know hassle the the airlines and the hotels for their refunds yep but other than that, do you have any final things or mentions you want to give? Because also indie uh, uh, promotions are getting hit with this as well.
1: Yeah, Dynamite's had to cancel some things. Uh, there's not really been that much talk about NWA. Of course, they're always in a studio or something. But Crockett Cup is coming up later in April.
0: Yeah, which I believe is in the bigger uh, arena, right?
1: It is, yeah. I don't remember the name of the arena, but it's, a, it's another it's a bigger arena in Georgia somewhere. I don't know.
0: It's, it's going to be a weird, it's definitely going to be a weird time that, you know, I know you're not a sports fan, but I am a sports fan. I got, I got no sports to watch. Wrestling is going to be a little bit weird for a couple of months (laughs) because all the shit that that's happening. Uh, And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We, you know, it might be normal, it might just be like uh you know here and get a needle, and everything's you know peachy again, or we could all be uh you know gathering up that toilet paper instead of food
2: <laughs> yeah
0: all right, um, I'll let you lead this on who's gonna be in the Hall of fame, so who's who got who got added to the hall of fame
1: well, uh I think last time we talked about. It wasn't confirmed yet, but it was like, oh, JBL's getting rumored, and so is British Bulldog. And since then, JBL is officially, I think, a lock. Mm-hmm. And it was just announced today that British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, is a lock, finally. Mm-hmm. I still think it's nuts that it took that long for him to get in, but whatever.
0: What's the beef? Is there a beef with uh, the, the Vince family and, and Bulldog?
1: No, I I don't really think it was necessarily anything that ever had to do with him. I think part of it is you know how things were pre- still pretty rocky between him and Brett for a while mm-hmm. even after like 05 or 06 whatever year that was where Brett finally got in like he finally started interacting with WWE again. Yeah. Things weren't still still weren't good back then. It was kind of like a okay, let, we'll see how this goes, I think. It was something like that more. Is it uh, back then?
0: Is it me that is it? Does it seem like Bret Hart is kind of like a a seesaw when it comes to WWE of liking it because he'll he'll like talk good about WWE when he especially when he uh, is like doing something with the WWE like the Hall of Fame and all that stuff, but like once there there are times I am like he's he's talking. Almost kind of shit towards WWE. He kind of like throws in some of that Montreal screwjob stuff, even though that's a long time ago. I guess it's still, it's still a, you know, stings him a little bit.
1: I yeah I, I know some people say like oh he all he does is one bitch why doesn't get over it I mean honestly that whole chain of events changes entire life really. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he lost his brother. His brother couldn't leave the company. And, you know, his brother-in-law got kind of fucked over. He left in protest. Davey Boy left. And it affected his whole family and his life. Yeah. And his career, even, obviously. But uh, I don't think his career ended ended the way he would have wanted it to, and I think that still bothers him, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Like he probably thinks, like man, imagine if that didn't happen, you know, I could have ended my career where I got big and where I got recognized. Yeah, I could have, you know, he could have done something cool. He could have wrestled Kurt Angle or something. Who knows what the fuck could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with Brett, it's like there's things about WWE that he acknowledges are good. Like I think he likes the idea of the Hall of Fame and everything, but he won't he's not afraid to tell the truth or what he sees as the truth either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He does not hold back at all. (laughs) Uh, Like there, there's times where sometimes he'll still talk shit about people like, uh, God damn. Who was it? He he was, he was saying something bad about somebody recently. I can't remember now though.
0: (laughs) But didn't he like talk trash about Seth Rollins when he like injured sting? Wasn't that a thing?
1: Yeah, he said he thought Seth was kind of a dangerous worker because of that, but after seeing, it was like a, that was a bad year for him because, you know, he did the buckle bomb to Finn and it was like a freak accident and he tore his labrum. Mm-hmm. And then um he did it to Sting and fucked his neck up. Of course, yeah. Sting apparently had spinal stenosis and just didn't know it. And in that instant, when he got hit with that twice, it just aggravated it really badly. Yeah. So that, apparently that's what actually happened. He, he had spinal stenosis and just didn't know it. I watched a special about that recently. That,
0: that feud could have been something.
1: Yep. So I don't know. I think it was kind of an overreaction. Everybody's saying, Oh, Seth's unsafe. He's unsafe. I'm like, dude, there was just both times is a freak accident. He's done that move like a million times. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but, um, Anyway, Bulldog though is getting in, and that's great. And like, I don't know about you, but I thought that was long overdue, because that's a guy who's synonymous with WWE, WWF, whatever you want to call it.
0: Who do you think's gonna induct him? You think his son or? Do you uh, it's
1: been confirmed. His son is David Boy Junior. Sweet, that's cool. Or David Hart Smith, I should say. <laughs> whatever the fuck they're calling him now. Yeah. Which is great. That's that's cool. Um. Easy. You got any you got any favorite Davy Boy matches or moments?
0: Uh pretty much uh I started to like him when he was in the Heart Dynasty in the Attitude era.
1: Oh, the Heart Foundation?
0: Yeah, Heart Foundation. Um I I really liked him because he always came out like with like fucking Adidas uh like breakaway pants and shit and he always like he was always shirtless. And I thought he was like cool for some strange reason.
1: He just looked like that guy that, that went to the gym and was, like, kind of cool. He was mm. just, like, chill or something. hmm But, <laughs> um, yeah, the Hart Foundation was great, of course. Um, he had some pretty, I mean, there's, of course, the tag team he had with Dynamite Kid.
3: Yeah.
1: Which is, there's some cool moments there. My favorite things with him was always, like, the, the Wembley Stadium match. Oh, yeah,
0: I forgot with, about with, that.
1: Brett ninety two, Maya drew WWE's legitimate biggest crowd ever. It just doesn't really get brought up anymore.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and that that's like another moment I always go back to where it's like, man, remember when the Intercontinental title was like cool and it meant something? That main evented SummerSlam. Yeah, that that match. (laughs)
0: Look look Um, look at the Intercontinental Intercontinental Championship now.
1: That's. It's moments like that when people talk, like, have fond memories of that title and they remember, like, the prestige and, like, what it fucking meant, like, in the grand scheme of things.
0: Yeah, I think of, you know, Bret Hart versus fucking Roddy Piper. Yeah. For the Intercontinental Championship.
1: Yeah, like, you know, Sean and Razor and, like, you know, there's all there's all kinds of, like, way better moments that that title had. Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. like, fuck, that shit's way in the past now. We're far away from that now. Uh, Um,
0: Those belts are toys now in WWE.
1: It's really sad.
0: Um, Who do you think, is that the final entry, you think? Or do you think they're going to add, like, one more?
1: I don't know, actually. Um,
0: Because they don't have a tag team yet, right? Because usually they put a tag team in there. Unless they're counting NWO as, like, the tag team.
1: They might. I mean, I I didn't ever really pay that much attention to notice, like, oh, they always got to have a tag team. They always got to have a a woman. Is there a woman going in?
0: Yeah, Bella Twins.
1: Those are two, but whatever. (laughs) I forgot because to me, I'm just like, okay, well, I guess. It's,
0: (laughs) It's way too early for the Bella Twins, in my opinion, to be in there.
1: People said it was way too early for Beth Phoenix to get in. Uh, She deserves it more, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. I guess that's where I was going with it, with the Bella Twins. Like, maybe if they... Because I started respecting Nikki Bella a little bit more when she started doing, like, that torture rack fucking thing that she was doing.
1: She did one move and it impressed you. Yeah, she did.
0: <sighs>
1: I mean, legitimately, she she got from being a terrible wrestler to a passable one
0: said she's better than Eva Marie.
1: Oh, that's like a really low bar to set. Yeah, <laughs> but like that—that's where she got to. To me, was like she could be somebody who, depending on who she's in there with, you, you could get a decent match out of her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Brie, on the other hand, I don't really think ever got that much better.
0: No, she she got worse.
1: I uh, don't think she got worse, but like she got to a point. Where I think she did a lateral move.
3: Brie like, mode.
1: Brima, and she became obnoxious, and she copied Daniel Bryan's moves. Mm-hmm. At least Nikki Bella came up with her own moves, like, god damn it.
0: Yeah, she didn't do the attitude <laughs> adjustment or something when she was dating John Cena.
1: Yeah, she didn't do, like, she didn't steal his fucking moves, I'm just saying. Like, mm-hmm. but, yeah, uh, I respect her a little bit more, uh, but, whatever. I'm not I'm not gonna get up, up, up in arms about it that much, because there's still people that to this day still aren't in there that should be in there and aren't like uh Oh hell, who's still missing right now? That's like, what really? Like like oh like Le- you brought up Lex Luger. Like mm. why is Lex Luger still not in the WWF Hall of Fame? Lex Express, all that shit, like
0: The Narcissist, whatever his name was. Yeah, the
1: narcissist. There's there's so many others you can think of that are like, man.
0: I Why? think I think Vince waits for the right marketing. Like you you said it should have been in Atlanta because of Jimmy Crockett and all that. Yeah. Um I I didn't really know about the Miss Elizabeth situation. If I remember correctly, they were dating, right? At that point.
1: I don't really think that was like his fault or anything though. It's like they were both using drugs recreationally mm-hmm. and she just fucking did too much and just died. <laughs>
0: I think Macho Man got pissed off or something like that. Oh, oh wait.
1: They were divorced by that point. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know.
0: Isn't um, isn't Lex in a fucking wheelchair now?
1: No. Uh what he had like a spinal stroke or something back in like 07. And it, it did cripple him for a while. But he eventually got his mobility back and everything. It's just he shrunk. You know,
0: he's (laughs) He's like
1: real skinny now. And I think he's even shrunk, like in terms of height. I don't even think he's the same height anymore.
0: Isn't he doing uh, the, I forget. I always fuck up his name. The guy in NWA, uh, Kolov Nikolai Nikita Kolov. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
1: He's part of his, uh, his man camp thing or whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. It's funny. You don't see him in the commercials though. You just see Nikita.
1: <laughs> I guess. Well, I mean, maybe they're like, oh, Lex Luger's not as marketable anymore. <laughs> he's he, he'll look all like kind of like you. That's Lex Luger, like when you see him, it's like wow. Like, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know, but um, yeah, Bulldogs in the Hall of Fame, uh, great. Uh, Scott Steiner, unfortunately, had to go to the hospital last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, he uh, apparently dirt. After impact in the locker room, he collapsed, uh, then he got rushed to the hospital, then he had heart surgery, so something with his heart, and then the coronavirus happen- happened Happened uh, with the news, and everything was just overshadowed, and I was like, is he alive? Because I didn't see any news to see if he was alive or not.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, he's alive. Like Basically, I think his family kept a lot of the details under wraps. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden, it was like, ah, oh, he had a heart procedure. And then his wife, there was like a little bit of radio silence. And then the wife came after like two days or something and said, Scott's going to be fine. Thank you, everybody, for your concern and your prayers and everything. Mm-hmm. And that that was kind of it. So maybe he's just trying to keep shit on the down low.
0: He needs to stop wrestling. I, I, I like, I like Scott Steiner. Uh I think his promos are hilarious. I still think he could be in the business. I think he'd be funny as a commentator. Uh um, Oh
1: my god, I don't even know how
0: that would work. <laughs> he he wouldn't even like do anything. He would just like talk like he he'd see like a fat person come from the ring, like look, look let's use uh you know, doc Dr. Luther. He'd be like <laughs> that fat ass
1: What <laughs> is this bald fat ass? <laughs> Who the hell does he think he is? He doesn't look like an athlete. <laughs> I, I can't do my actual Scott Steiner impression because I'd probably blow the mic out if I did, so <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: He uh he's great on the mic because of his fuck ups. So especially with, especially when he did that uh math promo about Samoa Joe.
1: Scott Steiner the Steiner math. Yeah. <laughs> I learned recently from the, the Jim Cordette podcast that um apparently he was trying to go somewhere with that promo and he fucked up and he just kind of rolled with it anyway. Mm -hmm. And like, he just kept going and he just totally ad libbed, fumbled his way through the rest of it. And (laughs) it ended up being like, like so bad it was good. And then they tried to replicate it and they just never could because it just wasn't the same. (laughs) So that's kind of fun to, to learn that about it.
0: Well, there's another promo. Uh, he was feuding with uh, Bully Ray. Oh, God. Uh, and um, he's like, do you think I play games? And then he, like, takes a, a Guitar Hero uh, controller, and oh. then he throws it. He's like, I, I I checked my pockets. I didn't see any cheeseburgers in there, and <laughs> it's fucking...
1: It. What? L-.
0: I'll I'll link you the promo. It's fucking. Is that up. the
1: one where he just ends it? and He says, "I'm hungry," and he just walks away.
0: No, I think he like <laughs> he gets mad because I, at the end, I think he calls Bully Ray fat, and then that that's the end of the promo.
1: There's another one he does while he was in TNA where he he like rambles about something and he's pissed, and then he just says, "I'm hungry," and he just walks off. <laughs> <I'm> like what? <laughs> that's it.
0: Yeah. Uh.
1: But he's I'm, a man driven by his passions.
0: Yeah, I'm glad he uh came out alive on that. Uh that would it would have sucked. And I I truly think I think if he died, I think fucking uh we call it Vincent would probably put him in a hall of fame because he's fucked up like that.
1: Well, we'll get Rick to come back and uh him, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um Let's see. I watched more Ruthless Aggression. Apparently another episode dropped this week, but I didn't uh, I didn't watch it yet. Uh, but last week's was about Brock Lesnar, and that was interesting. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, it, a lot of people just kind of sort of, I think, sort of remember that time when Brock was first at WWE. I think a lot more people have actually forgotten rather than remember now. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people say, he can't wrestle, he can't wrestle. He only does suplexes. He only does, like, you just, he only beats people up. It's like, this guy can fucking wrestle. Like, Look,
0: look at d- the AJ, AJ match. That's an, that's a good example.
1: And it's like, besides that, if it, it, it gets into like that dumb fucking mentality about moves. Oh, it's moves. No. It fucking, you can do, like, 30, 50 fucking moves. You can do 100 moves in a match, like we're going to talk about here later. It won't mean shit if like there's no fucking psychology or storytelling. Look at Stone Wonder- Look at Stone. Oh, what were you gonna say?
0: Look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. If I remember correctly, all he did was the jump on him jump on people, punch him, um <laughs> stomp a mud hole, uh Irish whip, clothesline, and then stunner. That's it.
1: Stone Cold will say, Dude, I've only got like three moves <laughs> he's like uh thes press, uh uh stomps. Uh, uh, elbow drop stunner okay four <laughs> he'll even say it himself
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> but what Stone Cold does really well is his promo Brock Lesnar on the other hand not great on the promo but they had Paul Heyman
1: yes the thing about Brock is his believability mm-hmm. like you can believe that guy is like fucking dangerous and he can fuck people up like, you believe that about him more than anybody else and that. And I think, honestly, I think in the entire wrestling industry. Well,
0: I think what was also good uh, when he first came into WWE is, like, he was also, he did some high-flying moves. He, like, he did a uh, shooting star press and almost broke his neck. But, like,
1: he... Oh, man, yeah. You got to watch it just to see the clip of him doing it in OVW. It's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. God, it's like he he does a shooting star press that is like on par with um goddamn Mark Quinn. He gets like that same kind of height and shit. It's fucking stupid. He shouldn't be able to do that, but he does.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, like he did. He he used to do like a lot of stuff. I think it's just like he kind of realized, like. I don't have to do all that shit, because yeah, he tombstone he did a shooting star tombstone pile driver to himself when he tried it. <laughs> like And he almost fucking broke his neck. He got like super lucky. Yeah. Uh, when he came back this second time, he was like people are like I'm known as an MMA cage fighter dude now. So I'm gonna base my matches, my offense around that. And my psychology around that. And I suplex people. Mm -hmm. And it works. People like talk shit about Lesnar man. But when he fucking turns it on. And he's in a match and he's doing shit. They get into it.
0: (laughs) I. What I liked about when Lesnar came back. Is that's when John Cena was like. You know super Cena. And he was like winning the championships. Like every other week. Where he was almost winning the 16th championship. And I remember that one Monday Night Raw after Mania uh, where John Cena is in the middle of the ring and, like, fucking Brock Lesnar comes out and just f fies him, like, three times.
1: And that match, man, that match they had at uh, SummerSlam that year mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Maybe it was Extreme Rules. I can't fucking remember now. But, man, that was, like, one of my favorite matches from WWE, like, in rec- within, like, the last ten years was that one. Mm-hmm. Because it was just unbelievable. It's like Lesnar came back and he brought like this fucking that same intensity back that he used to have.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's like there's nobody like that on the roster that had that level of intensity and there kinda still isn't, even now. And he beat the fuck out of him. It was like unbelievable, like when you were watching it happen. Yeah, it, it was just, just nuts.
0: Because <laughs> always you always think that scene is gonna just Turn on his super senus uh, powers and like win the match. And you know, Brock Lesnar was like, nah, bitch, you know, I'm the beast.
1: That's and, what he said, Suplex City, bitch. It was that match,
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know, he, he did get a pop and he did get a cheer. I think the, uh, I think what was the downs, downs, which pretty much put him in hate territory is when he broke the streak. I, yeah, I, I think. If he didn't break the streak, I think people would still be okay with him. Um,
1: yeah, I think that pissed a lot. That hurt a lot of people's feelings. They got butt hurt. They didn't realize, it like, hurt- in my opinion, they turned Brock into like this super heel.
0: Which, to me, was great. I was like, because this was during a time where I was just like, I am tired of Taker winning every mania. I don't care for the streak. And then you have those t- you know, Undertaker fans, like those diehard taker fans uh like i was at a wrestlemania party and i actually saw uh w- one of my best friend's brother was uh crying after <laughs> taker lost what yeah
1: damn i mean i guess that's cool that he's like so heavily invested in that character and everything but
0: but it was funny because the whole party was silent but then all you hear me is
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Taker. What a heel.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but, like, man, uh, I'm one of those people that thinks he should have just kind of rode off into the sunset with it intact. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, the perfect ending was when he had the second match with Triple H and they all fucking kind of hobbled off the stage, like him, Sean, and Hunter. Just end it there. That was the perfect ending. Well, that's why...
0: I kind of started disliking him a little bit because i was like that's i agree with you that's the perfect ending right there
1: that's like all the old the the old guard attitude guys that are left you know from that that time primarily like in the 90s and stuff was when like all three of those guys rose to prominence Mm -hmm. and then they 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 all three leave Mm -hmm. that would have been great
0: but no he had a and it's probably not his fault I, i guarantee you vince is like Hey, God, did you do me a favor and uh get back in the ring? I'll give you like a mi- 2 million dollars, 2 million. And I think yeah. the and I think the money talks and he he does it. Uh, obviously he does it cuz he went went to Saudi and then you know, he started Shawn Michael's come back with his bald head and shit and uh almost kill each other.
1: I think it's that and he's like still like he's like super loyal to Vince. Mhm. I'm not saying, like, he's, like, a lapdog to Vince or anything. I mean, like, the it's clear those two guys have some kind of, like, real deep, like, kind of respect, friendship, connection or something. Uh, At least I think so.
0: Yeah. But were there any um good tidbits in the, the episode with Brock Lesnar?
1: Yeah, you kind of, like, a little bit more lights shed on. Like, you get to see more of him in, like, OVW, which is, like, really interesting. Mm-hmm he used to just do some crazy stuff for a guy that size. And uh, you get to kind of uh, see some of the old footage from when he was in WWE the first time. And again, he's like just doing a lot of things that are like, damn, man. Like they they showed a lot of clips from that match where he beat The Rock and he won the Undisputed title back then. Mm -hmm. And it's like, fuck, man, that match looks intense. Like just the way they were hitting each other and doing all their shit. Did,
0: did he oh, well, uh, did did he talk in the uh the episode
1: no oh. uh not not like in a sit-down interview it was all like archival footage okay. uh which is probably given how that thing went it explains a lot because it also kind of goes into more detail about what was going on when he was wanting to leave and everything. And it had been said before, like Brock Lesnar was hating traveling. He the burnout was really affecting him on travel a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's like I watched that with my brother, and he was like, "I don't, I just don't get why he, you know, got burned out." And it was, I just said after seeing where he came from and everything and what he used to do, I was like, "Well, you know how some people they grow up in their hometown, and it might be like a really small place or something." Yeah. And it's like, I can't wait to get out of here or some shit. And they do. And they never come back sometimes. Some people like that just fine. And they don't want to leave that. And I think Lesnar got used to a lifestyle like that. Mm -hmm. And just kind of liked being out in like rural South Dakota or Minnesota or whatever. And he he did not want to leave that and just be everywhere all the time. And I think he's like that guy. Yeah. He likes doing farm work, being out in the middle of nowhere, having a bunch of sprawling property. That's that's who he is.
0: And and UFC was kind of I guess a good thing for him because you got to think about it. UFC all you're doing is training and then fighting one match.
1: Yep, and they said that that was more like what he was kind of wanting. He could like just train at home and do all the shit he wanted to do at home and be with his family or whatever and then he could go fight and make a bunch of money and then repeat the cycle all over again mm-hmm. yeah I mean I get it I have a job or in my job right now a lot more of the positions are more about like traveling for work and when I started doing it I hated it I fucking I don't like it I can't be out more than a month and I'm already wanting to go back home
3: mm-hmm.
1: Uh but I eventually kind of switched positions to where I could just stay at our shop location and just kind of work on equipment. And that's fine. I like that a lot better. I like having a a static routine rather than just I'm going everywhere all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I do office work, uh, it's I, I I get where the burnout comes. Uh, especially he had a, a, more of a travel burnout. I have more of a repetitious burnout where it, you know, I I work with call phone calls, so like I get back to back to back to back to back phone calls, and then I get like two fifteens and a, a forty five minute, and then it's back to just nonstop phone calls. So I understand the burnout, and it it gets to your head, dude, because you know you start looking at the time in the day and then you're just like, Oh wow, I got to go to sleep and get ready back to work. And I, and, and, and I guess that's how he probably felt. You're like, Oh man, it's like 10 o'clock. I better go to sleep because I'm, I'm probably going to almost kill myself in uh, this match that I'm going to be doing.
1: Yeah. It showed like some footage of him just kind of like walking around backstage or like just hanging out backstage somewhere. And he just looked like really not there. And -hmm. he looked like kind of annoyed and like just kind of bored Mm -hmm. and (laughs) there's like a a scene where they're interviewing him in a hotel or some shit and he said they said like uh so what do you think about like how you're gonna do this here or something and then he's like where are we again (laughs) like he legit forgot where he was at like it's become that much of a blur to him and he just does not give a fuck anymore that he just he fucking forgot where he was
0: i i still like the part where uh it was one of the WWE 24 episodes on uh, the the network, and he like comes back and he throws the title at Vince, and Vince gets pissed
1: off. Was that the Was that the Roman match?
0: I believe so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, he never wanted to listen to anybody because it would be great. It would be great, pal. And now they shit on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so- I don't blame him, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. I'd, I'd watch it, and yeah, he's a pretty integral part of that period of time. Even though, like Paul Heyman points out, he was only there for two years,
0: <laughs> and he probably put over one of the uh, one of my favorite Eddie Guerrero matches when uh, Eddie Guerrero won the title.
1: Yeah, it was great. I mean, he did a lot of great stuff when he was there for those two years. That's what's crazy. Like, he had the Iron Man match with Kurt Angle on SmackDown. Yep. He did, yeah, he did the thing with Guerrero. That was cool. You know, he had the match with The Rock. He did that really fucking cool angle with Hogan where he, like, fucking hospitalized him and it got him super over.
0: I heard rumors about, like, Hulk Hogan didn't want to lose to Brock Lesnar. I mean, then again, he never wants to lose to anybody.
1: <laughs> he didn't make it seem that way in the in the documentary there because I think they actually did interview him for that. Mm-hmm. But then again, he could, you know, have been... He was like, no brother, like he was I could see it, man. That guy was gonna be somebody, pal. Yeah, I don't know. Who, Who knows? knows with him? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright. Is there any other news you want to talk about? No. Okay, time for some revolution talk. Shit. Alright. So <laughs> We we saw this like what, two weeks ago?
1: <laughs> it feels like longer than that, but yeah, I guess it was just two weeks ago
0: yeah so they started off with the scu versus dark order uh what i'll say is that the match was pretty average uh i think w- where my eyes kind of got interested is like when they were teasing uh the exalted one and fucking uh i always forget his fucking name
1: pizzeria uno
0: no 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 the uh fucking cm punk's friend but not friend anymore Colt Cabana? Yeah, there you go. Okay,
1: I was like, "Oh, what? Damn, you're fucking forgetting his name too."
0: Yeah, he came out and I was like, "Really? Is Colt Cabana going to be the exalted one?" And it, no, he helped out SCU, and Christopher Daniels came out with the hood and you're just like I was like, "Please don't tell me he's the exalted one because that's what everybody was saying like for the past few weeks." Yeah. Uh and then he was like, "Psych." You know, I'm still at SCU. Uh, the match was okay. That's all I, I got to say. What, what do you got to say about this match?
1: Uh, I don't really have much to say. I was just like, oh, it's a decent opener. Nothing offensive happened, in my opinion, in this match. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody did anything that was egregiously dumb or, like, no sell on a bunch of moves or anything. It seemed more like a, nav- a, a normal match yeah. this time. And I, I don't think there was too much of that all oh, you just come in and out and do whatever the fuck you want in this one mm-hmm. uh seemed like they had that more under control uh let's see yeah you already talked about the shit with daniels and everything what what'd you what'd you give it score wise
0: six out of ten i thought it was same yeah i thought, it was, I thought it was okay
1: well, uh good little opener yep
0: dustin rhodes versus jake hager um Probably one of the best matches of the night. Uh, Dustin Rhodes was wearing a shirt saying Jericho's Bitch or something like that.
1: And it got over. People chant Jericho's Bitch and Hager now. It hasn't stopped yet.
0: And Jake Hager had his wife there. Uh, They did the whole heel uh, over kissing and shit. And um, she played a a good role in this because... uh, Dustin Rhodes went over there, uh, and I think like he kicked Jake Hager down, and like he got slapped by the wife, and then he started kissing her, and that that got over, and it was like the the makeup was on her face, and he's like that she was like that's gross and shit. But <laughs> yeah, um, I think I mentioned it during our live stream. I was like, I don't really like Jake Hager's fucking uh, ring gear. It looks plain. It looks weird because uh, I'm always used to him seeing, seeing him in a singlet and all that stuff, what he usually wears.
1: Yeah, I think he's just in better shape now than what he was before. I think that's why he always wore a singlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, But, I yeah, I think his colors are just too muted, but maybe he's trying to do, like, a heel thing. You know how, like, depending on the kind of heel you are, you either wear incredibly outlandish flashy colors mm-hmm. or you either go for like an incredibly muted look in terms of like color or something. Yeah. Uh, it's either or there's it's opposite ends of the spectrum. You either look like Randy Orton or you look like fucking Zicky Dice or like the heart foundation or something.
0: Mm-hmm. But this was like a a good wrestling match, like a good pro wrestling match. Uh, Jake Hager Still has his uh, uh, Jack Swagger kind of moveset a little bit. He was doing his, the Swagger Bomb a lot.
1: <laughs> uh, I think they called it the... the Va- Va- <laughs> JR said it's the Vader Bomb when he hits it. When he misses it, it's the Swagger Bomb. <laughs> or the Hager Bomb, is what he said. <laughs> yeah,
0: um... Jake Hager won... It was an odd finish, I I thought, because uh, he had, like, a cross-face submission.
1: It's a standing triangle choke. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really – at first I was like, oh, okay, I guess, because MMA, whatever. But then, like, after some time passed and I thought about it more, I was like, no, I don't like that finish. It's It looks like you're putting somebody in a transitional hold or, like, some kind of rest hold or, like, some kind of random submission. Mm-hmm. And he just won with it. Like, there's no way... It just doesn't look like something interesting is happening there.
0: Yeah. You know? And I think that's, like... Because I think they mentioned it through the match. He's like, oh, he has MMA, uh, you know, moves now. And that's one of them. Uh, Why can't he
1: just use an ankle lock like he used to? Didn't he
0: do it in the match? And, like... I really hate when wrestlers uh, counter that by just, like, rolling up and, like, the other guy just, like,
1: flips himself or something like that. They just need to do what Ken Shamrock used to do, which is he would just kneel, and then you couldn't flip him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, sometimes when Kurt Angle would get serious, it's like if he got flipped, he'd be like, no, fuck you. And then he just, like, he falls down and grapevines your leg. Now you can't fucking get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you're just fucked now. Unless you're Eddie Guerrero and you do the boot trick.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what What do you got to say about this match
1: uh it was pretty good i like the story and the psychology like dustin was trying to break hager's arm he's trying to get revenge
0: Oh, yeah, i forgot about that
1: yeah he, they made it like he, he assaulted his arm multiple times and uh yeah the spot kissing his wife was kind of like old school stuff It was like very 80s
0: <laughs> and uh, dustin rhodes uh did very something like gold would do and kiss, you know, the girl and the girl hates it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk about his finisher being kind of lame. Uh, it's pretty good. I thought Hager would have showed off some more MMA repertoire here than what he did. Cause I don't really think he did anything like that except his finish. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, you know, Mount, and punch shit no like wrestle takedowns like he he didn't really do he, he did that one he always used to do before where he'd lift you up like kind of in the air and like spin and you like it's like an old it's like a wrestling takedown mm-hmm. he did that but he always used to do that before anyway yeah i don't know i think he should have showed off a little bit more of that because that's what he's known for now
0: so what'd you give it what'd you give that match i gave it a 7.25 I gave it a seven point five out of ten.
1: Okay,
0: all right. Darby versus Sammy Guevara. Um, right out the bat, Darby fucking—he does amazing uh, suicide dives. They're they're just crazy. Uh, he darts through the fucking uh, the ring, S- especially like when he when he came rolling down on his skateboard and got in the ring. Like that's the first thing he did. And I remember your reaction. You were just like, "Oh, that was awesome."
1: Yes! It's just because, like, a lot of people do the dives now, and, like, in my opinion, not a lot of people do them right. What I hate most is, like, when somebody does a suicide dive, and they just, like, bounce off the guy and push him. Mm-hmm. And then the guy f- runs into, like, the barricade, and the, and the other dude that gave the move lands on his feet. Yeah. I hate it when people do that. It looks like shit. It doesn't look like you did anything to them. It looks like you just did a, a flying shove. <laughs> and it's just really shitty looking and uh the other one that always bothers me is when people do like the fucking um tope or to- tope suicide day whatever tope suicide i mean that's just suicide dive I, I, tope con hero i think is the one mm-hmm. i don't remember the the english name of it but it's like the one where you know they, they do the flip over the rope like kitty omega does it a lot uh and they'll just land on their feet. Yeah, and it looked like they just barely hit them on the shoulder. I'm like, that looks like shit too. Like, just <laughs> I remember when like you used to never see moves like that, and then like when when somebody would do them, it'd be like, whoa, you know? Now everybody does it and it's lame. It's like a Canadian destroyer. Yeah, but when Darby Allen does his shit, it looks like he actually fucking hits him. Mm-hmm. That's why I like his dive so much. A lot of his shit just looks really good because he fucking goes all in on it.
0: I just think it's weird that like he has like, uh, his, his uh jean shorts, and then he has like these like long johns that he wears under leggings. Yeah, leggings.
1: He wears leggings. <laughs>
0: um, this match was really really good. Uh, I fucking loved the uh Sammy, four fifty uh through the table and shit. That was six thirty. Oh, was a six thirty? Holy crap! <laughs> yeah.
1: He did he rotated m- m- twice <laughs> like almost or some shit.
0: Yeah and he was like he was hurting dude. I think he pulled something. Uh either that or he sold it really well.
1: Because, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was kind of a rough landing. It looked like it to me. Mhm. It wasn't this uh
0: one like one of the many matches where it like because Darby like ran through the fucking ring, and I think when he went through the table, that was uh, the match hasn't officially started, right?
1: Yeah, they didn't ring the bell until like fucking five minutes after all that shit. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: people, I noticed online, people were bitching uh, about how like fuck they wasted all this time with. Uh... People were bitching about random shit about through the show. Uh, But one of the complaints was everybody felt like Sammy and Darby got cheated out of match time.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: It's like, no, dude, they really wrestled for like a little bit over 10 minutes. Like they're not all they see is the official match time on the Wikipedia, which says five minutes when we both know they went longer than five minutes.
0: Yeah. And, And again, you don't need more time to have a good match.
1: No, fucking not every match has to be goddamn 20 minutes. Like, fuck. I wish people would get off of that. Like,
0: Tell me if I'm right. Darby won the match, right? Because this is two weeks ago, and I believe he won on the – he does his uh, – Coffin drop. Coffin drop, and he won.
1: That's right, and that does bring up like the only can, only problem I really have with this thing is that they did so much crazy shit in the beginning of the match, including like – in my opinion, what could have been, like, an injury angle thing with, with Sammy. Mm-hmm. He, and they did that twice with him, in my opinion. When he did the 630 to Darby through the fucking table on the outside from the top rope, <laughs> I'm like, God, like, at, at first, like, when I saw it, I was like, fuck! And then after I thought about it, I was like, God damn, that was, like, an angle. Why did they just put that in the beginning of the match? <laughs> and then... They did it again when he did the stomp, the double stomp to Darby on the apron from the top rope. I'm like, fuck. Like, he did, like, two things to him that should have just ended a match. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. <laughs> like, and then you know what does end the match? A coffin drop. Yep. I'm like, that's that's the only thing is it doesn't make any sense in terms of, like, how they put it together.
0: Well, it's, it, it's what wrestling today is, like, Finisher moves don't really matter that much. I think the only ones that, like, matter is when Moxley does his paradigm shift, Jericho does his Judas effect. Uh, other times, like, you know, when we get into this tag team match, when, they, when they're when they shooting finishers off, like, it's, you know, uh, I don't even know an analogy. But just they just shoot it off like a, a six-shooter kind of thing. Yeah,
1: I mean, well, okay, like, I'll put it this way, like, I don't think, I'm not trying to say the finishers don't matter, because here's here's something, I actually don't know what Sammy Guevara's finisher is, because every time he's had a match, as far as I can tell, he never beat anybody with a move that finished it, Mm -hmm. it would just be like, either he gets the pin or he fucking, he loses or something, or somebody else wins because he's in a tag match, he hits some really big moves, some some high spots through the match, but I don't think he has an established finisher. I think it might be that 630. Maybe. But I'm not really sure. Whereas Darby, he beat him with the coffin drop, and I'm just saying all the other shit Sammy did to him before that was way more impressive. And Darby beats him with, like, a backwards senton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... He even did like a top rope Spanish fly. I think people forgot about that too. Like he did that to him, and it's still nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, which it baffles my mind that a coffin drop is like deadly.
1: It sometimes that that can look really good, mm. and then sometimes it doesn't. That was one of the times where it kind of didn't, and it, especially after all that crazy shit happened. That's that's part of like my complaint is like they do all this other stuff. It's like way more impressive, and then like Darby's finisher is is that. And it doesn't look impressive anymore because Sammy just did all this other insane shit.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like, come on, guys, think about what you're doing. <laughs> yeah,
0: I I thought the match was decent. Uh, I I heard a lot of people talking trash about this mat- match, and I'm like, it's better than with the other matches that we're about to talk about soon. Um, sure, <laughs> I gave I gave it seven point five out of ten.
1: Well, I give it a. 6.75 out of 10. Okay. Cuz they did a lot of stuff, shit that was cool, it's just they didn't make it didn't make sense.
0: <laughs> it's a perfect segue to, of not making sense. So, uh well,
1: this makes even less sense.
0: Yeah. Uh Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page, uh Kenny Olivier uh versus The Young
1: Bucks. JR calls him Hangman page yeah hangman <laughs> i like how he changes twitter to that it's funny
0: um there is no rules when it comes to tag tag matches anymore well, sometimes
1: there is and sometimes there isn't like in the dark order scu match it looked like there were rules there yeah. unless i just don't really remember i don't like i said i don't recall i didn't write down anything about anybody doing shit that they shouldn't do so I guess it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, but this match, there was no rules, and Fuck they, no, and and there was <laughs> at times the referee lost control of the match.
2: Yeah,
1: they just he just it's that guy Bryce Rensburg, and then like Excalibur said, like he's a multi man specialist, and there's like a bunch of these weird like. Is this gay? Or are you making like a gay? And you end <laughs> I forgot what triggered it the first time, but then they, the Excalibur said multi-man specialist, and I started fucking laughing. It was like right after that. It's like, come on, man. I, I And
0: what's, what what gets me is like the, the young bucks always do this thing where they go, look at me, I'm going to do this move. And then like – the other brother has to go like look at me i'm gonna do the same exact move to the you know the other guy and yeah there's a lot of like f- flips and uh there was a lot of finisher moves that were happening and they i, I actually wrote it down i think they kicked out of seven mo- uh, finisher moves uh here and i was like what the fuck I, I get that they're trying to, like, wow the crowd, I guess. I guess that's the new wowing of, of of things, of just being like, look, I could kick out of, you know, what is fucking Kenny Omega? Oh, the V-Trigger. Or the the one-winged angel or something like that.
1: The V-Trigger is like, as far as I know, he's never fucking finished anybody with that. It's like a signature. It follows up into his finisher. Mm-hmm. But he, all, he tries to pin people off of it, which... That's that's what bothers me. Is like when people like Dave Meltzer and shit say is like, no, Kenny's matches have psychology. It's just the business has evolved. You don't understand.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No, here's the th- I, He has no psychology, and then you try to say he does. Like if there was normal wrestling psychology, it would make perfect sense to try to pin somebody after a big move. Especially if it's finished somebody once in a while. Yeah, but that move's fucking worthless. It's like that time he had the match with Pack and. All double or nothing. I always want to call it all out for some reason. <laughs> or uh, no, all it was all out. I get, always get those two confused. Um, and he did the goddamn V trigger to pack like fucking five, like seven times or something in that match, and tried to pin him a bunch of times or follow it up with something, and Pack would always kick out or counter it. All like six out of the seven times. I'm like, why the fuck do you keep doing this move if it doesn't work? <laughs> does that, what the hell kind of sense does that make?
0: Because I think he's still trying to capture the moment. Because uh, every time a New Japan happened, all I remember is like people going nuts. Because I think they're trying to. He's trying to get a pop off of it, but like there ain't no pop.
1: Not really, no. And <laughs> like, here's good wrestling psychology. It's, it's timely because Jake Roberts has come back. Um, you know what Jake Roberts used to always do was he would start a match and he would immediately try to go for a DDT. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, he would be like one of the only guys that would do that. Try to go for their finisher, like right off. And it'd be like, why do you do that? He's like, well, don't you want to win the match as fast as you can? Mm-hmm. Fuck. How do you argue with that logic?
0: <laughs> and, and it puts the move over big time because once you hit that DDT, you're done. But now I feel like finisher moves doesn't feel like that anymore. Like, we get, we have to have, like, seven kickouts of a finisher move before that finisher actually works.
1: Yeah, it's a, a lot of modern wrestlings like that now, unfortunately.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you could only, in, in my opinion, you could only do that with two mega uh, overstars because, like, they're so over that they're kind of like superheroes fighting each other.
1: Yeah, like to me, a really good modern example of that is uh, John Cena and Batista. Mm-hmm. Remember the WrestleMania match?
0: Yep, that was a good match, man. That's a good example too.
1: And it, it was—you could believe that those guys could kick out of the fucking attitude adjustment and the Batista bomb, and Batista can get out of the the STF, and Cena got out of the weird submission move Batista suddenly learned.
0: Yeah, but when you, <laughs> but when you have Matt Jackson kick out to a fucking uh, buckshot lariat plus a V trigger at the same time, it's like, Fuck. it's like, dude, that that should that should end in the match, and then then they should have done that angle, which I thought was pretty cool, to, and I thought that's where they were going, is because the, uh, they uh, there was a lot of rumors of somebody turning heel, and I was like, all right, this is the match where somebody's gonna turn heel. And the Young Bucks were doing heelish things where they were uh, going after Kenny's, I think, shoulder or knee or something like that and trying to, like, injure them. But then they do this stupid shit where they're trying to shake each other's hands at the end of the match. And I think Paige was the only fucking smart one. He's like, fuck you. I'm out of here.
1: No. Yeah. He was the only one that was like, "Okay, you guys tried to fucking end my goddamn career. I'm never going to let that go. They did that. They did an angle move where it's like, goddamn, they're trying to put him out. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. when you do a goddamn Meltzer driver on the fucking ramp, like, fuck. Like, I could (laughs) see,
0: like, I I could see like DIY uh, versus a mustache mountain kind of thing where they were, you know, hitting each other hard, but they were doing it respectfully. They weren't bringing out fucking tables and trying to like kill them and shit. Young Bucks are trying to kill Kenny Omega and fucking Paige.
1: Yeah, it's like... And, and yeah, don't get me wrong. There wasn't, like, a moment there where they didn't turn the heat up. Like, you remember when Champa all of a sudden started getting a lot more serious and a lot more aggressive? Mm-hmm. But they weren't out to, like, fuck those guys' careers up. Yeah. And they also weren't kicking out of each other's goddamn finishers either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, like... If you guys heard the live reaction video, we were fucking tearing this match apart because it was like, why are they shaking each other's hands? Like At that time, uh, in my opinion, I think Kenny Omega should have been heel with uh, Paige and just fucking beat the shit out of the Young Bucks.
1: It would have been more interesting.
0: Yeah. Instead, you still have plain Kenny Olivier, uh, you know, being like, I'm I'm a nerd and, and, you know... (laughs) I'm, I have V-Trigger, and I like video game uh, moves as my finishers and all that stuff. Uh, Kenny Omega needs a personality, and he doesn't have one.
1: Yes. That's like the biggest thing against him, in my opinion, besides his style of wrestling that he still likes to try to foist upon everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, is... Th- Honestly, in my opinion, that's the biggest thing that's wrong with him, actually, is he does not have a fucking personality and he can't cut a promo.
0: It's like he needs the fucking uh, the bullet club to, like, put him over kind of thing, just like how he went was over in New Japan.
1: See, what's funny is, it, they, and they haven't really gone in this direction yet, is that they could help get Kenny over to have kind of a personality here if they did this right with Paige where they're doing this, this, this thing with page drinking is getting him over and mm-hmm. like not giving a fucking drinking sounds familiar. Uh, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, like, like they could do this thing where pay or Omega could be like the straight man in this tag team. And it's like, like maybe Adam page says some shit that's funny or kind of aggressive. And he's like, now Adam, we talked about this or something like, come on. Like, It could be lame, but it could help get give him fucking something Mm -hmm. besides just being totally neutral on everything or whatever. Because you
0: know know where this is going. Young Bucks are eventually going to get those belts, and that's when Paige is going to. Because I could I could totally see what happens. The Young Bucks and uh, Paige and Kenny, they. Have one more match, they lose, and then Kenny goes to fucking shake their hands because he's a, he's a you know a pussy, and <laughs> and that's when Paige like turns on him, yeah. Because I think that's where it's going, unless they do some type of swerve where Kenny's like fuck you, Paige and he beats him up. I I I don't see I I, I see that being very predictable.
1: Yeah, at this point, especially with the little tease where he was like after the match was over, he kinda Ad page hung out on the apron for a second and mm. kind of was like uh like he was gonna do a buckshot Larry to Kenny. Yeah. And then Kenny turned around and saw him kind of standing there and there's like a moment and then he's like, Come on, man, get through the ropes. Like, really? You had mm-hmm. to be that on the nose about it, like uh
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Well and this is kinda of a side tangent, um Wrestling today, I guess because the internet, you know, kind of ruins things a little bit. But, like, there's no surprises anymore. Like, you know, the Matt Hardy thing. Apparently, he's coming to AEW. Apparently, that's a thing. We don't know yet. That's still kind of up in the air. Based on he's
1: probably going to.
0: Yeah. Because if I was WWE and I saw him doing videos with uh, the competition, I'd be pissed. But that's Vince, you know? I mean, he he could say that I'm a free agent. You don't control me. I could be in a video whoever I want to be, but I still want to work for you, Vince. He could do that. But, like, having Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson be in that video is like, wow, you could have made a big moment of Matt Hardy in AEW, and now you kind of ruined that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the only one that we still don't know uh, when Luke Harper is going to be in AEW. (laughs) Like
1: yeah, I was baking on him being Jake's guy. No, it ended up being Lance Archer, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I thought Luke Harper would have made more sense there, but whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. But anyway, th- this match was the this stupidest, suckiest match that I saw of the night. I gave this a 3.4 out of 10.
1: Okay. I have a bunch of other things to say about it. Okay. <laughs> but i'll go ahead and give my score of a 3.0 out of 10 oh shit because it was just so fucking stupid mm-hmm. i can't help it and I, it drives me nuts that so many people think like this is an amazing this is the great dave Meltzer said this was the greatest tag team match that ever took place in the united states and i'm like you are full of shit you know it there's no way <laughs> no. <laughs> like no <laughs> stupid And then, yeah, a bunch of people are like, this was match of the night. I'm like, fuck, no, no. People
0: people are saying it's match of the year.
1: God damn it, the year just started.
0: (laughs) If this is the match of the year and the coronavirus is happening, 2020 sucked.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it sucked. But uh, you kind of touched on a lot of what I was going to talk about anyway, but I'll I'll try to keep it short. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's driving me nuts that everybody's saying this match is great, and... I feel like it's just because there were so many big moves and near falls Mm -hmm. but nobody bothers to stop and think anymore about what's happening and whether that stuff means anything or not and it it goes in accordance with the kind of story they're trying to tell which you you touched on which was like there were several moments in that match where they were really trying to fuck uh, Adam Page and Kenny Omega up and then it's like after they would do that shit which you know, the assisted tombstone power driver on the fucking ramp.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know the ramp where Cody tried to just do a crossbody over the ropes and he split his head open. Yep. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> he got tombstone pow drivered on that shit.
0: I'm shake their heads. <laughs>
1: and, and then, like, they go in there and they try to break Kenny's arm, I guess, because they stomp on his goddamn shoulder and shit. Mm-hmm. And then, then they're like, wait. Maybe we should stop. Maybe we've gone too far. It's too late. (laughs) Yep. You're already like trying to injure them. It's like, it's, it's fucking stupid. And people mistake that for storytelling. They think that's storytelling. That the fact that they do a contrived drama spot in the middle of a match. And it doesn't mean anything because if, again, it's like a shitty sweater. There's like a string coming out of the sweater, and this is the string here, and you pulled it. Now it's just
0: shit. It, I think what really annoys me is that the reason why they tease the whole, you know, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I'm almost going to kill you. But I don't want to really uh, be, not, be not friends with you anymore because it, with the social media now, everything breaks kayfabe. Like once you see, yeah. see see somebody uh hanging out with the other wrestler that like almost killed him you like wait a second. And I know wrestling's fake and everything and all that shit uh as far as story storyline wise um but it's like they can never be apart. They can't face each other. Like they did this in New Japan where uh Kenny Omega was turning face because he say uh saved it, uh, Kota Ibushi and there was a time where, like, the Young Bucks were about to super kick fucking Kenny Omega, but they stopped because they were pussies, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like how they're being pussies in this fucking situation.
1: In my opinion here, they're being really two-faced. Kenny's the one that's being a pussy in all this. hmm It's like he just refused. To me, like, this is what I get out of it. Maybe this is what they're trying to go for. I just think they told it very shittily. Yeah. It's- Adam page is fucking mad because I guess he's starting to feel like this, this little elite partnership hasn't really done him any favors. Mm -hmm. And now he finally got something. He got a tag team championship and now the bucks are like, Oh, those look real nice. It'd be real shame if something were to happen to those. Yeah. And then he, of course he gets mad. He's like, cause they call him a fucking jobber and shit. And then he's like, no, you guys will take this shit away from me after we just got it. I thought we were friends. Like what the fuck? Come on, give me a break here. This shit's not even warm yet. You know? Yeah. And then they're being fucking dicks and like Kenny just doesn't want to see it for what it is. You know? Ad Page sees it for what it is. Yeah, maybe he's being a bit of a dick about it himself, but I see them being fucking heels and being assholes about it more than them. Like I
0: said, if this <laughs> if this is somehow a long-drawn-out of Kenny Omega finally beating the shit out of Young Bucks, then I'll be happy about that.
1: Yeah, it would make me like him a little bit more. (laughs) But, like, this just gets into some more shit here of, like, yeah, that's the story they're trying to tell, and then... uh, (sighs) The other thing that kills me about all this is, like, the, the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the industry. And then they... Here's here's where this shit starts falling apart. They want to bring up the record game. Here we go.
0: 4-11, right?
1: No, the Young Bucks record was 7-5 and five when they went into this match. Oh. <laughs> and when they came out of it, they're 7-6 and six now. <laughs> I, I know you're a baseball guy, I guess. Yeah. So, like, they're just barely over 500, so to speak. I at least know that terminology. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's not very good. Like...
0: It's not very good. It's very uh, average. average. And it, it's especially average. S- especially when you have other wrestlers that have a way better record than them.
1: Yeah, so it's like what? they At this point, like Scott Steiner would say, they got a 50-50 chance of winning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and part of this is like, in my opinion, this is why AEW needs to drop the records. Because mm-hmm. they're all like, th- this is supposed to be something that would support their claim. This new wrestling league will provide a sports-focused feel with statistics to back it up. That's,
0: and- well, that's why, because there's too many cooks in the kitchen, uh, because you have Cody who wants the records and tell a good professional sto- uh, wrestling story match, but then you have you know people like Young Bucks and Kenny Omega that are just like, it'll be great if we do like this video game shit, and it's like, going to look really, really cool.
1: Yeah, like... At first, when I heard that, I thought, that's cool, because I always kind of wished something like that would be in wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then after it started to play out, I started to see, like, well, that record sucks, you know? Or, like, these guys are just average, or whatever. And you know, like, that guy's actually, like, a really good wrestler. He's, He's supposed to be being presented as a star, but his record doesn't reflect it. Yeah and then you know listen to Jim Cornette and he said he put it like this he's like no the records are shit and they need to get rid of them here's why because when you have records to remind everybody of their win loss records it fucks up everything you're trying to do <laughs> because it's like now nobody can take losses over a period of time and be okay because then they're going to see numbers and yeah. that's he's right that's fucking bad <laughs> and
0: what really bites them in the ass is like they sign these people to like uh 3 month deals that they could do like these short storylines because they have to still do their indie uh, uh tour that is going on uh mm-hmm. and then you know they I, I forgot where I was going with this holy shit <laughs> I I'm, I'm having a bad fucking day today uh but oh with the records it would be really cool if they have this like roster of people that are not doing any indie shows and you could have showcase some of the people that have good records. Like, you know, let, let's, let's say, for example, if Darby had a good record, uh, you, you could have him face uh, Moxley in some sense because he has a good record. And if, yeah. if somebody surges and gets a winning streak, you could show off that person. But because of they're booking them around schedules of indie shows and all that stuff, that's why you have, you know, the young bucks always showing up with like a seven and six record to uh, get a shot at the title, and then they always do this sh- like shoehorning stuff where like this person doesn't deserve a number one contender match, but they're they they get it and they they go for the title. Yeah. Like Swal should have been against Nyla, not Chris St- Statlander or Stratlander, whatever his fucking name is.
1: You were right the first time.
0: Yeah, Statlander. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. it I see where Cornet's coming from. Um. I still think it's a little bit unique in a sense. Maybe they'll fix it in a way where you know a person like the Young Bucks. Or <laughs> not going after the title, but who knows? Yeah.
1: I think if you're going to keep doing this record gimmick, you have to change your entire booking mentality. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, okay, you guys do this match, and uh, you guys win, you know, and not put any thought into it. You have to totally change from top to bottom how you book your entire show and be mindful of how you're doing it at all times. Yeah. Or you just fucked the whole thing up. The whole thing, it's like the shitty sweater. You pull a string, it falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's its the same analogy. Um, I, I got a little bit more ranny about the psychology. The thing that drove me nuts, I think, more than the them trying to end their goddamn careers and then feeling sorry about it after the fact <laughs> <laughs> was, like, the Young Bucks were doing all their crazy shit. You know, they do all these moves. And then they fuck up Adam page. This is like in the beginning of the match. And then all of a sudden Adam page forearms, fucking Matt Jackson in the back. And he just crumples to the ground. (laughs) Like he's crippled. And I'm like, what the fuck? They just did all this offense to him. And then Adam page forearms him once. And he's down.
0: (laughs) The only defense I would say is like, I don't remember any of the commentators bringing it up. Maybe Jr. Did uh, quickly. Is that Matt Jackson had a bad back in the beginning? Uh,
1: I remember you saying that, but, like, I don't re- – when we were watching it, but I don't recall them ever saying it. Uh, and, yeah, I've been told that. Oh, he had some back problems. But Okay, here's my thing too, though. If he does have back problems
0: – Why is he doing these I, crazy moves?
1: Yeah, how come he can continue to wrestle like that? Mm-hmm. Like, and he doesn't even say like, – he doesn't even do a thing like, oh, my back. Like, you know, he kind of holds his back like he's sore. Yeah. Remember when Shawn Michaels came back from his back injury and, you know, he came back to the the second time Mm -hmm. he'd always, every once in a while, you know, he'd do the elbow drop or some shit, or he'd kind of pause for a minute and be like, Oh, my back (laughs) all the time. Maybe he was really sore though. I don't know. (laughs) This is one of the best, the best workers in the business, but that drove me insane. And the only other thing I have to say about this is this match is a perfect example of what's wrong with modern pro wrestling. <laughs> it was indie style as it gets, and a bunch of moves that don't mean anything, and a bunch of dramatic storytelling segments a la WWE style that aren't executed properly. I agree. The end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we're going to quickly go through discard now. Uh, yeah. Curtly <laughs> Satlander versus... Uh...
1: Chris Statler, You (laughs) fucked up her name like so many different times.
0: Fuck her. I don't care. Versus uh, Nyla Rose. Uh, This was a match. That's it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It was average. Average at best. Uh, It was actually pretty okay until near the end when they started botching.
1: Yeah. Like... Nyla did some kind of cool stuff in the beginning. Like, she did that spear through, like, the ropes into the ring.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that that was cool. Uh, but I think they were trying to maybe insinuate that Chris Stantlander was sick while she was wrestling. Oh, yeah. And that might be maybe why this wasn't as good as it could have been. I'm not saying this could have been a really good match, but...
0: I think uh, I think what really made me nervous is that they were doing like a superplex kind of thing and they were wobbling on the top rope.
1: Yeah, it was really clear that either the two of them shouldn't be doing these top rope spots or Nyla should not be doing these rope spots at all. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, they did that superplex and it was fucking scary. Yeah. And then Nyla did the power bomb off the ropes, and that was scary too, because She almost tombstoned herself. Yep. (laughs) It was, yeah.
0: It was a mess. Uh, I really have nothing to say about this. Uh, I knew Nyla was going to win. I don't think Chris, uh, I'm not even going to say her last name, but Chris didn't even, uh, I don't think she deserves winning the title now. I think you have to build Nyla Rose as this monster uh, person, which they should have done in the beginning of the year instead of giving fucking a 70-pound woman a the title re reho yeah she's gone she's i don't think you're ever gonna see her again reho. but uh i gave this a 5.5 5 out of 10
1: i gave it a 4.75 out of 10 oh shit also shout out to jr for continually shitting on this shit gimmick of chris Statlander being an alien uh-huh <laughs> Why does she have to have... This is, like, indie garbage. Like, why can't she just be like, I'm Chris Statlander. I'm here to wrestle. That's better than being a goddamn alien.
0: Or, I like aliens. That's why I dress up like an alien.
1: Maybe you could give her a conspiracy theory gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, fucking, like, Mulder from X-Files. She's trying to find aliens. Or maybe she thinks the coronavirus is a fucking virus that China accidentally unleashed and or something. Or maybe this coronavirus is something to fuck with the election. She was- See, this is already more interesting than what she's doing.
0: <laughs> I mean, she could be a great heel uh, against, like, all the Asian superstars. Be like, your people are releasing a bioweapon.
1: <laughs> your, pe- your people? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but that Whatever.
1: <laughs> the point is, she needs to quit this stupid alien shit. This is like early mid-90s WWF fodder. Mm -hmm. i don't know why they just said yeah go if it's what you want to do do it like
0: let's go to a match that was good and
1: the best match on the whole fucking show
0: yeah and apparently people hated it
1: god damn it that bothers me so much too on so many levels Uh,
0: here's some of the comments that i read it was too slow too much too much outside stuff why did uh, – and th- and I'm – this is from one of the AEW groups I file on Facebook. MJF was being a wimp. I said he's a heel. <laughs> that's, that's what he does.
1: Oh, my God. See? A- this a- is what- oh, go ahead.
0: <laughs> a- AEW fans are stupid.
1: This is what so many years of, like, poor booking – conditioning does to people like when wwe doesn't push heels as you know to they still push heels as being somewhat cowardly depends on who we're talking about Mm -hmm. but the indies are really bad about that nobody wants to look weak everybody just wants to look cool and do cool moves they might cheat maybe Mm -hmm. but they'll never fucking cower or beg off or, or run or anything like that and this is what you get mm-hmm. you get people who are like he's a wimp. he's fucking running why is he scared like uh, <laughs> it, this told the story
0: uh and this was another story that we were just like oh maybe uh either because i was like oh, well, why is brandy out there is brandy gonna turn on cody or is uh <laughs> double a gonna turn on cody and one thing i want to get out of the way is cody's stupid tattoo it's way too oh big my.
1: there's no way you can avoid it now and god i swore it looked like a painted on tattoo thing like you know like the face paint shit mm-hmm. that's that's i swear that's what it looked like i'm like maybe painting it on maybe he's doing like a thing and it never rubbed off and i was like oh my god that's permanent
0: yeah, I I wonder if that's like the start of like a sleeve tattoo he's gonna work on on his one arm. Like uh, his whole arm is gonna lead up to that tattoo. Maybe
1: it, it'd better. That's the only way to fucking salvage that thing. Mm. I guess you could like get it removed, right? Like that's a thing you can do, isn't it?
0: I guess, but I don't I, I don't see him doing it. I don't understand why he did that. I I like the you know no tattoo Cody. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he just had, like, the little one that says Dream, which is his dad. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Like, that's fine. But, like, I'm not saying, oh, don't get any tattoos. It's whatever, man. He can do what he wants. But, god damn, that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he had so much real estate. That's the other thing, like, people were saying. is like, he his whole body's clean, pretty much. He could have put that on his arm or, like, something. And he put it on, like, this really big, obnoxious spot on his neck. hmm And he can't hide it. And you got an executive vice president with, like, a shitty prison tattoo now. <laughs> and like, God. Like, that's shit. Like, I just... I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, but other than that, he, uh, he... The match was fucking
1: cool. Yep. It was just, like, a good pro wrestling match. MJF was being heel. You know, Cody was trying to get them, and they'd, they, you know, lock up and fight, and they, they were throwing punches. hmm Oh, my God. People were throwing knuckle arrows, and it was believable <laughs> instead of forearms. And, you know, they try, they'd rest a little bit, and MJF would back off and be like, fuck, and get pissed and yell at the fucking fans. He slapped a beer out of some fat guy's hand, and it was funny. Mm-hmm. Then he'd fuck with fuck with people out there on ringside, and you know there were shenanigans with Brandy, and then Arn Anderson got like bicycle kicked, and it looked like he almost had a damn heart attack. It was <laughs> great.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to remember. Like it was very basic in in the match and what was going on. What he hit him with the ring, right? That was the thing. He had it in his uh, trunks.
1: Well, that was the finish, but m- most importantly. MJF took advantage of Cody's broken toe.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot he and was... They made,
1: they made sure to do this thing where Cody kept kind of, you know, messing with his foot because his toe was broke. And eventually he, like, stepped on his f- foot at some point and took his boot off and bit his toe. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's some old school shit there. That's like... that That's some 80s, maybe 70s kind of shit. And nobody does stuff like that anymore. <laughs> what
0: was the match uh, that... Uh... They were in a uh, submission and he they bit the ring uh, bit the rope.
1: The... That was um oh fuck. Oh man, I can't remember now. You brought that up. I know what you're talking about. I wanna say it was like Mick Foley and No, no, that's the <laughs> That's the one where Kid Shamrock put him in the ankle lock and Mick Foley put himself in the mandible claw and he made himself <laughs> pass out.
0: Yeah, but they did this in AEW, and I think we we marked out because it was one of the matches I forgot. Holy!
1: Oh, shit. I, I think it was this match. Yeah, it was this one. Like MJF put Cody in something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Cody like was just crawling, and like he put him in. He MJF put him in a pretty impressive submission actually, and he couldn't move his arms or something, and all he could do was just kind of wiggle. Yeah and he got to the rope and he bit on the rope. And I was like, yes, (laughs) it's fucking great. Hmm. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff that just made good sense. Good selling MJF got, uh, some color at some point. I don't really know what caused it. I think the production crew kind of fucked that up. Um, but he like eventually rolled back in and he was, he was bleeding. Yeah. And, uh, yeah the finish was great because mjf was like begging off he was done you could tell he was like spent he was about to lose Mm -hmm. and then uh, i think warblow caused a distraction or something and mjf reached into his trunks and got the ring they kind of fucked that up too but we caught it yeah (laughs) and he fucking clocked him with that ring and just fell on him and got the pin and it was amazing
0: and cody (laughs) cody loses again
1: and the reaction was great. Everybody in the arena was like, what? And then, like, the funniest thing to me, though, was, like, Brandy's reaction. She got fucking mad. She took her belt off and just threw it on the ground. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Nobody mentioned it on social media. I think me and you are the only ones that caught that.
1: That was great. Like, honestly, that was a great reaction to, to, to your husband losing to some asshole, I guess. And you know she probably figures he got screwed somehow.
3: Because mm-hmm.
1: I mean, what? She saw him get punched and he's just knocked out. No, that, that that guy did a moonsault off a cage. Why would that? Why would a punch knock him out?
0: <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but I gave this match a nine out of ten.
1: I gave it an eight point five
0: out of ten. Oh shit! Mm. Look at you. All right, let's move on to Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Pack, pock. You say Pac. you say pack. I say pock. Um, I said during the live reaction, I thought this would be really stupid if uh, Orange Cassidy wins with his hands in his pocket. Um, yeah, there were some parts that were funny. I do admit when he's rolling, uh, trying to roll out of the ring, and like pock, uh, came around and like stared him down. And then he went the other way. That was funny.
1: That got a laugh at me, actually. Yeah, when he tried, he rolled back and he was going the other way. And then Pack chased him there and he just kind of like smiles at him like, <laughs> hey. And he just knew he was fucked at that point.
0: <laughs> yeah. What really surprised me is when he takes his hands out of his pockets and does wrestling moves. He's decent.
1: He does a better Superman punch than Roman Reigns. And he took
0: he took a fucking uh, good bump when he got thrown into the ring post. And he smacked Yeah, that,
1: that that ring post bump was fucking sick. It's probably the best one I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the only other person that does one really good like that, I think, is um I think Ricochet actually. Mm-hmm. Whenever somebody throws Ricochet to the post, he does a shit where he like comes at it and like I think he hits it with a shoulder maybe, but it looks like he, his head hits the side of it and he just spins in the air and he does that cell, like that I'm concussed cell.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I have not a lot of things to say. I just thought it was really interesting seeing, um, Orange Cassidy wrestle and I think he should wrestle more. Uh, Hopefully that's where it's leading to where he's, you know, not doing this. I don't give a fuck gimmick, but then care when it matters. Maybe him getting beat up is a slow burn of him actually becoming a wrestler. If that makes any sense.
1: Maybe. I mean, that's the only way to like get him to a state where he wouldn't be a joke anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. But other than that, do you have anything to say about this match?
1: No, like all the goofy shit with him doing his pocket shit and then them doing the lame shin kick spot and Pac participating in it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead of just... He needed to just knock the shit out of him when he was doing it. Yeah. I, I hated all that stuff. It was a joke. It was terrible. This is the kind of shit that like keeps wrestling from being largely accepted again. <laughs> like, this is why... When you, you talk about ratings and wars and it's like, well, AEW got got a 900,000 and, you know, Raw got a 2.1. It's like, that's why it's like, wow, that's sad. Because <laughs> I can remember 15 years ago when the business was on a downturn and like a good Raw rating back then was like 3.8.
0: Yeah, now it's like 1.0 compared to like 900,000.
1: Yeah, or like a, or like even a really good one. I can remember like some of the really good ones, like the post uh, WrestleMania twenty ones, like when Batista after Batista beat Triple H for the the world title. Like I remember, I still remember reading about that raw rating. It was like four point four or some shit, hmm. which was a really big. That was a really damn good number back then. Yeah, but yeah, this is the kind of shit that makes the business shrink. Oh,
0: man, I'm going back and forth. I I changed my score from the last time because of how impressed I was with Orange, Orange Cassidy wrestling and what it could become. Uh, I gave it a 5
1: out of 10. What about you? I gave it a 3.75 out of 10. Oh, shit. We're very different on that. I did not. Yeah, well, the only reason I gave it that is because, yeah, he kind of made me laugh a couple times. And, like, when he did actually try to wrestle, everything he did was executed well. It's just his gimmick is just shit. It's just terrible indie fodder. And he's realized he's not on the indies anymore. He's on a fucking national television show for wrestling. Like, this shit's got to stop if he's going to be something.
0: Hopefully, hopefully that's where it's leading to, where it's, he's, he's, he's breaking his shell and he's gonna rebirth of orange cassidy as a wrestler and not a person that's just on the outside doing thumbs up and you know he comes in a ring for those cheap pops and shit that he does
1: you know like he doesn't even have to change the way he dresses or anything or like you know he can still act like that outside of being in the in the ring hmm you know, like backstage or some shit, but you you know, it's like this thing where like all people fuck with him or like when the bell rings, it's on brother. Like you you could easily tweak the character to work that way. And I, I wouldn't hate it anymore because it just quit being a fucking joke. (laughs) They just need to do an angle where it's like, maybe he gets pushed too far one time and he gets fucking pissed and he just dispenses with all the lame ass, stupid bar wrestling theatrics and just fucking beats somebody's ass. That would that would get a huge reaction, I think. Actually, because nobody would expect it. Man, yeah. like he just he just drops all pretenses of this fucking goofy character and just whips somebody's ass. I think that would get a huge reaction.
0: I agree. But let's move from a sucky match to back to a good match. The La Champion, Jericho versus John, or how? Uh, Jer- yeah. There you go. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Fuck.
0: <laughs> that was that was pretty long. Holy shit, you should be I re- was
1: I wasn't done. I I could have kept going. I was like, no, I'm going to stop now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh this was a really good match. Uh Jericho he he surprises me a lot. There are times where I'm just like, oh this is where, you know, the 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 alcohol is getting to him, his beer belly and stuff and and then he yeah. just, and then then he just like su- surprises me in every fashion uh John Moxley was pretty tense he was hitting those uh stiff moves um
1: he was fighting it looked like he was fighting mm mm-hmm. mhm trying to think
0: I'm sorry, guys. This this was like two weeks ago, and we did live reactions, and I didn't even take notes for the main event.
1: <laughs> I didn't take notes for, like, the last three matches because, like, they all made – it was either – there wasn't much I could say about Orange Cassidy and Pac, and Cody and MJF was just like – I remember it so well because it made such a positive impression on me. I didn't have to write anything down, really. Mm-hmm. This one, I had a technical difficulty because fucking Bleacher Report's website is shit. I'm not the only one that has issues with it, apparently.
0: It's a terrible platform.
1: It's, it's god-awful. they need to move to something else or just do shit with Fight TV, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I lost a few minutes of the match, and I, ha- I had to go back and watch it the following day. Uh, and my, I guess my overall impressions are this was good. Um, I did feel like the general pace of it, though, was maybe a bit too slow. Uh, uh, tch, like, I, I just don't think it ever really quite picked up. And then when it finally did actually start to pick up, the match was over.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's like, otherwise, everything else they did was okay, you know?
0: Yeah. I have nothing else to say. I, I just, it was good. The, the, the one thing that like really surprised me and kind of made me go, "Huh?" I don't know. I don't know if this was too early or not. Was Moxley winning?
1: Yeah, yeah. The ending did surprise me. I was like, "Oh fuck, he won!" Like I just expected Jericho to win, and mm-hmm. I think maybe they should have waited a little longer, unless it was something like Jericho couldn't wait that long because of stuff he has to do, but.
0: They were even using that as a storyline. Where on Dynamite, he's like, "You know, I'll face you, Moxley and Darby, and if I lose, I'll screw it. I'll leave for 60, uh, 60 days." And then, yeah, and then he wins, and then you are just like, "Is he really doing Fozzy shit?"
1: Maybe they'll do a thing where Moxley raises the stakes. If I beat you, you have to leave for ninety days. Maybe. Oh fuck, you know like. But, uh, yeah, like, this was good, though. I mean, there's not really much to complain about. I just wish they would have picked up the pace a little more at some point. I liked the thing where Moxley revealed his eye was fine the whole time. Mm -hmm. That was cool. I kind of wish the match maybe went another couple minutes after that because it pretty much ended after he revealed he could see the entire time. I wish there was like Jericho would have reacted, like there could have been a thing where he goes like, "Oh, and he, he peels the eye patch away and Jericho just you get a shot of Jericho being like, "What? You son of a bitch." and he just gets like hit, like you know, he just tackles him or something. <laughs> and,
0: and what leads up to that because he, he was like messing around. Uh, well, Jericho poked him in the other eye and he like Moxley uh tricked him by thinking that he was blind and shit. And then the reveal was good. I don't think it got a good pop out of the crowd than what they were trying to do. I think they were just like too out of their mind or something maybe. Maybe they were off of maybe they were still getting tired of like cheering for Orange Cassidy or something and realized that a good wrestling match was happening.
1: I bet a lot of people didn't think this match was all that good either.
0: Yeah, because it definitely slowed down
1: I think that fucking, that tag match, so apparently from what I heard, that tag match took a lot of the energy out of the crowd,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I mean, yeah, they did a bunch of goddamn high spot shit, uh, and it kind of, in terms of being able to do big impressive moves that could get like a good reaction, it killed the rest of the show. Yeah. God uh, goddamn what do they call that? Hot shotting. That, that match hot-shotted the entire show, and, th- and then diminishing returns happened the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that follow that thing is not good. That's the instance where it's not.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, I have nothing else to say. I'm going to give the score. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10.
1: I gave it a 7.5 out of 10.
0: All right. So uh, overall, um, I, I thought this was another average okay pay-per-view again um there were some positives and there was like a lot of okay to negative matches um I gave this a 7.75 out of 10
1: okay uh this pay-per-view felt just barely above average to me overall Mm -hmm. like there was one match I really liked and the rest of them that I did like were just good, you know, and anything else was either just there There were two rotten matches on this show. One, especially.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then there was a women's match that just was not good because uh, I guess somebody was sick. Uh, but uh, I, I gave this show a 6.0 out of 10. Okay is just and with that i have to say officially AEW has struck out. <laughs> so i'm off the AEW pay-per-view schedule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh i i still give it a chance because there are some storylines that i i give them credit that they are trying to build a story. In the other hand what WWE is doing is trash.
1: It's like, don't get me wrong here. Like their TV has gotten better over time. Like I've noticed, like, since I came back and started watching it again to get ready for this. Mm -hmm. And like, even before, even back when they started and things were kind of rough, in my opinion, um, that's, it's still way better than what WWE puts out. Like the main roster shit, you want to call it that, uh, it's leagues better just because Goddamn it it feels like shit's happening on the show like and it's not just fucking <laughs> somebody goes out there and rambles for like 15 to 20 minutes
3: mm-hmm.
1: or, or something or people just have a match to fill time and nothing else like there's just like nothing match that goes on and it goes through like two or three commercial breaks like the fucking as you said as you always say the Latino superstars go out there and have a match with each other because to fill three segments because we don't know what else to do. Yep. Now, you don't put it that way, but that's how I'm going to put it because that's really what it seems like.
0: Yep, which (laughs) uh, we'll talk about a match uh, in the other pay-per-view soon. Uh, But yeah, AEW does have some promise, but they need to work out that indie shit that they need to take care of
1: very much so and uh like like i was gonna say though i'm liking their tv their tv is still fine with me it's just i their pay-per-views are just too inconsistent for the kind of money they expect you to pay for them
0: yeah 50 fucking dollars this is is not 1999 fuck no yeah all right let's get to this pay-per-view if you want to call it the pay-per-view um Elimination Chamber match. I I Facebook messaged you before. I said uh, you're probably going to be a little more positive on the review side of things than I am. Um, yeah, maybe. But, uh, you might have actual things to say because mine are going to be short and sweet. And it, it's nothing against you know me not like judging the match. Is just I didn't care for it. You know I looked at the match and, and hey. I understand that these wrestlers are doing a wrestling match, and they do good. I'm not are gonna. You t-
1: are, are you talking about the whole show or one match?
0: Well, the whole show. Uh, okay. There, there are two matches that I thought were uh, decent. Uh, and what's funny is I didn't even get to see one of the good matches, and that's Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak.
1: Dude, you gotta go back and watch it.
0: Yeah, th- that it's
1: it's th- actually pretty good.
0: That probably would uh. Changed my score a little bit. Uh, but I, I watched it. <laughs> but to tell about it. What, what happened in that match?
1: Okay, so apparently... I'm just going to go over the build-up very shortly. I had heard that... There were stories going around that Daniel Bryan was wanting to do certain short programs with certain people. Uh, basically, people that he's known in the business for a while that happens to be in WWE, like Drew Gulak. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he's He just wanted to do a program with him just to do something with him and get him some exposure outside of, you know, 205 Live or something. And they did a storyline, I think, that apparently ran for about a month up to this point, which was Drew Gulak was backstage telling people hey, I can help you shore up your game, and you you can get better. Like, he was helping Heath Slater be a better wrestler, Mm -hmm. and he was telling him, hey, get a match with Daniel Bryan. I'll tell you how to beat Daniel Bryan. He has some weak spots in his game. It's like, see, this is already kind of interesting because it's really fucking different (laughs) from a lot of stuff WWE usually does.
0: But they don't showcase it at, like, good... Yeah, it
1: was well. It's on SmackDown, and I haven't watched SmackDown in forever. Yeah, and they they
0: treat it like it's a a low tier like card, and it it's annoying. I'm I'm not saying like make a main event, but you know you have Daniel Bryan who's a fucking world heavyweight champion or well, next world heavyweight champion.
1: Daniel Bryan's a star, man. Like, yeah, he's. He, I'm not saying like this is beneath him, because you know eventually every wrestler, if they're smart anyway, or they're you know not selfish assholes, mm-hmm. they get into the they get into that spot to where they've been in there for a while and they're over, and maybe, maybe they want to help somebody else get over or do some shit with somebody just to be interesting, and it not it doesn't have to be about a title a title or anything, and that's what this is. Um. But, yeah, eventually this would lead to, uh, you know, Heath Slater has a match with Daniel Bryan, and he actually gives him some problems. <laughs> and it, it led to somebody else, and then eventually it led to a converse, conversation, confrontation between the two of them. And it's let's have a match. I'll show you I'm a better wrestler than you are. Okay. And this is Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak at Elimination Chamber.
0: It was a submission match, right?
1: No. It was oh. just a match. There was no stipulation.
2: What,
0: what, did they tell me it wrong in uh, fucking Wikipedia?
1: Those motherfuckers. Uh, I don't. I don't. Nobody said it was a submission match. I don't think.
0: Did it end in a submission? Maybe. It did. Okay, maybe that's why.
1: Okay, <laughs> but like this whole match, the way the way it even like went is also drastically different from what a typical WWE match is. Because it was all there was, a lot of mat wrestling, and it was very counter based. This would be more like something you'd see in NXT, probably, or the Cruiserweight Classic.
0: Would you like to see Daniel Bryan be in NXT?
1: I'd like to. I mean, I don't, man. I, I don't know if he'd go for going down there permanently. Maybe he would, just for the sake of. I feel like it, he's at a point in his career or I think he just wants to do stuff that's interesting to him or fun. That's kind of like the feeling I get from him the past few times. He's talked out of character. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he would go for that just so he could go wrestle Adam Cole or Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano or something, or Finn Balor. That's a match. that's never happened as far as I know, or bro or bro <laughs> <laughs> or Pete Dunne. He could have a match like this with Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a lot of great mat wrestling and them countering each other and trying to get advantages. It was cool. This was a little slower paced than that NXT stuff, I'll say. Okay, uh, it there was spots where Gulak started working on Brian's neck and he started selling it, which was good. And then there was a high spot where Gulak did this high angle German suplex that literally looked like Daniel Bryan landed on the back of his head. Oh, geez, it was brutal. And he so I think he was fine. I think he just did one of those deals where you land on your shoulders, like really high on your shoulders, mm-hmm. but God it, it. looked like he hit his head and he sold it like a million bucks. He started twitching and shit. <laughs> and I was like, Oh man, this is awesome. <laughs> then they do like the, the tiger mask dynamite kid, super or suplex spot to the outside. And that's when I saw that idiot comment, <laughs> <laughs> like after the show was over, well, Cody and MJF did this two weeks ago, and I was like, you fuckers! <laughs> this is an old-ass spot from the 80s. Ugh. Um, let's see. Then there was a super inverted suplex from the top rope from Gulak to Brian to fuck his neck up more, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was sick. And then he turned it into a dragon sleeper after he hit it. And Eventually, Dave O'Brien just fucking elbows the shit out of Gulak to get out of it. <laughs> like they they just hit, they were beating the fuck out of each other towards the end of this match, and then he just forces him into a yes lock, and he just elbows the shit out of him, and like fish hooks him and pulls his head, and Gulak just fucking passes out and he loses.
0: I notice a lot of submissions now these days. Like everybody passes out now. Nobody actually taps.
1: I think that's because of Vince's mentality about tapping out and the way that they treat it in WWE which is uh like when you tap out it's embarrassing
3: mm-hmm.
1: it's like you gave up like to, that's to to them that's the worst way you could lose and the and the, they train the fans to think that because when somebody taps out the fans chant you tap out at the you tapped out yeah so it's like it's like an embarrassment
0: yeah cuz it, to me, it, d- it diminishes the, like, Bret Hart versus fucking Stone Cold, like, pass out kind of thing a little bit. Yeah,
1: it's supposed to be a spot where, like, man, that guy was so badass, he didn't he didn't give up. Mm. Like, what's the same in Drew Gulak tapping out to Daniel Bryan, especially after he elbowed the fuck out of his head and fish hooked him and, and just cranked on him so hard his face started turning red? <laughs> nice. Like, goddamn, I would give up after this fuck. And that that that's the biggest compliment I could give this match. It seemed more like a a fight kind of. Yeah. And it looked like a real submission ending that would like, wow, he he fucking submitted him. Like you know, if a guillotine chokes somebody in mixed martial arts and they just pass the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Eight point oh out of ten.
0: Nice. All right, this is where I started watching actually. Um. It- let me let me uh, rephrase that. This is when I started not caring. Uh, Andrade versus Humberto Car- Carillo. I was like, wow, I saw this match before.
1: God damn it, we've seen this match a million times. If you've been watching Raw since like Royal Rumble, and apparently that's been going on before that. Because mm-hmm. remember they did the, the angle where like Andrade beat him on the concrete, and then he was gone for like a month. Yep. So I think they've been feuding since December.
0: Yeah, and it, this match was really, again, great competitors. I know they could wrestle. Um, I just don't want to see this match over and over again. Andrade, it, like you brought up before, the Latinos facing the Latinos. Why does it have to
1: be that? I Here's here's the thing. I'm not saying don't do that because clearly it's an advantage because you have two guys that work primarily in lucha style. Mm-hmm. And they've learned American style so that they can kind of blend it to an Americanized lucha, I suppose. Yeah. And the, since both these guys have that kind of background, they can complement each other and work really well together. Uh, which is like, it's what you see when you put Rey Mysterio against Eddie Guerrero or against Andrade.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And But they've done it to death. They've drove it into the ground. It's this shit where it's they're just like autopilot booking.
0: Yeah, but what happens is that led to Ray versus Eddie Guerrero but the in between before that big matchup is Eddie Guerrero facing other people instead of just other you know the same feud over and over again and that's what WWE always does it's like why do they have to face each other i remember in the attitude era uh you know like, if there was a match between The Rock and Mankind, like, The Rock would go to commentary and watch Mankind face other people. They kind of do that here and there, but, like, now, like, in WWE, the thing is the rubber match. They always have to have, you know, one guy win, the other guy win, and then they finish it in the pay-per-view. Why does it have 50, to... 50. Yeah, why did, why do did they have to do that? They, <laughs> they, they should be saving these moments, like... uh for example i'm kind of jumping around a little bit uh, even though i think the feud uh, who knows about this feud but aj versus undertaker there mm-hmm. should there should never be an aj and undertaker match uh on like raw and smackdown and then finish it in like uh, wrestlemania even though they're not doing that because taker would never do that he always does his shit at wrestlemania you should always save the match for the big show and I'm not talking about WWE Big Show. I'm just saying like the big show in like a, as a pay-per-view. Because you got to treat it like a UFC in a, a boxing match. This is the reason why you're paying for this match. Stop giving these matches for free on TV. I agree. And it, it's really annoying and with with, with Andrade and Humberto um I hope this leads to Andrade facing Garza because Garza is going to be like the new uh, Selena, Selena Vega toy that she's going to be like the manager of. Pretty much saying like, oh, Garza is better than you. He knows how to win.
1: That or maybe make him a tag team. I yeah. feel like they could maybe be a pretty good tag team together.
0: Yeah, but that that division.
1: <laughs> I know it's rough but hey i just threw him a bone here for potentially a good tag team yeah um i like it th- like i've seen this match a whole bunch and i'm like i'm bored to death of it already because of that mm-hmm. uh and it's not like neither guy's bad or anything or, or anything like that and it, like even just watching him face garza for like a month because andrade was suspended yeah that still gave me fatigue because this was a continuation of that feud. This was just like a stopgap, just to continue. Um, it started out really aggressively, which shocked me, and I, I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but eventually, it just de-evolves into like their stuff that I've seen a bunch of times.
0: Didn't Andrade went on a uh, a fucking roll up or something like that?
1: Uh, yeah, it, it, he, he did, and. I'm just going to say this is probably the best match these two have had so far up to this point that I've seen. Mm-hmm. But it lacked selling in the end, which I thought was like, you know, bad. That was like a gaff there. Yeah, They started hitting each other with big high spots moves, and they, they both stopped selling. And <laughs> it just went to like, oh, roll up. What? <laughs> like, you, you both start stop selling and go into road warrior mode, and then a roll up beats you mm-hmm
0: 6.0 oh you're a little higher i gave it a 5 out of 10 because i just didn't care anymore
1: well <laughs> like, like i said like that was i was like this is as good as it's gonna get and part of this is just because i don't care about umberto carrillo <laughs> because he has no fucking character to him there's there's no he doesn't have a personality uh he's just boring White bread, baby face kid, uh, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just think he can't do it really. Right now, he needs. It. I was, I was, I was surprised that he got called up so quickly. To be honest,
0: I don't know. Maybe Ray Mysterio's like bring up this kid. He's good. I don't know. I,
1: I want Andrade to go do something else uh, or something like now. It's time for him to go do something else.
0: I agree. All right, so let's get to the other good match. Uh, The SmackDown Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber match, which had The Miz and John Morrison, The New Day, which was Biggie and Kofi Kingston, The Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha Lucha House Party, and um, Dolph Ziggler. Did you almost say
1: Lucha Underground?
0: Yeah, almost. (laughs)
1: Lucha Underground!
0: And Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode.
1: Rudolph.
0: Yeah, Rudolph. Uh this match had a little chaos into it. Uh I wanna say the the Otis going through the glass was scary but cool at the same time because I'm like that if that plastic breaks and shit, it's sharp dude. If you think about it. Oh yeah, that real thick plexiglass shit. Yeah, and it <laughs> hit the Spanish announce table.
1: I saw it like it like landed on them or something. Mm-hmm.
0: I thought that was a cool spot. I always thought about that because uh, every time they go on top of the pods, I, I always thought like one of them might go through those glass or something like that to make it crazy so everybody can go, holy shit. Um, yeah. But th- that was cool. Uh, and I knew like Heavy Machinery wasn't going to win that match. But, you know, it's always good to have the spots. Uh,
1: I thought Heavy Machinery should have been in there longer than what they were. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't expect them to win either, but I was surprised that they went out second. I was like, fuck, really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, who did the... Out of the Lucha House Party, was it Dorado or was it M- Metalik uh, who did that little uh, flip off the top of the Elimination Chamber?
1: He did, like, a, a monkey bar shooting star press from the top of the chamber. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he was swinging... Because you can't get to the top of the chamber, there's no way to fucking get outside. But he like this. Le- this leads into some some of my notes here. It's like I I put a note here that like Lucha House Party comes in and they both immediately botched, which I just thought was really funny. <laughs> like they both tried to do that fucking springboard like teabag move. It's called a seated senton, but to me it's just springboard teabag. <laughs> <laughs> and like and like. I don't know if Big E fucked up or Metalik fucked up, but like one of them was off, and Metalik just fucking like almost missed. <laughs> and like I think Lincey like fucked up at the same time. It was like okay, they botched, but um, some shit happened, and then Lincey was trying to do this shit where he tried to like jump up onto the the mesh and like just kind of land like Spider Man on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like he fucked up, and his legs got caught in the squares and it, like he almost broke both his damn ankles it looked yeah. like I was like oh my god no like, but he managed to recover and he was fine yeah and uh, that's what led to him like scaling the fucking cage and getting up there to do that spot though cause he just kind of disappeared for a while like they smartly kept the camera off of him you didn't even know what he, where he went
0: yeah cause once all the teams were in the ring and shit like, I was like, why are they bunching up? And then out of nowhere, he, like, <laughs> came from the top. I'm like, holy
1: shit. I
0: forgot about him.
1: Yeah, that was, fu- that was fucking cool. I did not expect that to happen. Even mm-hmm. though, yeah, everybody got in the middle and they fought. And then there was, like, that moment where they all look up and it's like, here he comes. Yeah, it's still really cool. I got to give the guy props for, for doing that.
0: <laughs> and um, Tucker did a thing off of the pod, like, the top of the pod thing.
1: Yeah, he did a cannonball on That was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect that. It was like, oh, goddamn, because it's a big guy doing that.
0: I actually didn't know who was going to win it. I thought it was going to go back to the, uh, the Usos or something like that, or maybe they were going to pull a fast one and have Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. But there, I was like, th- "Those are, a heel would never pin a heel, in my opinion, unless the uh, Miz and John Morrison uh, get eliminated first. Uh, but I really liked how they... We're staying alive. Uh, I guess they had to build them up again since they lost to the Usos the other night.
1: Yeah, stupidly, I might add. Couldn't mm. they just fucking beat them by cheating or something? Why would they have to fucking lose?
0: I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's great that they won because you have to establish them as champions. Will they still establish them as champions? Probably not. They'll probably have the Usos beat them again or something.
1: They're probably going to drop them at Mania. I'll be highly surprised if they keep them. If Mania happens, I don't know. <laughs>
0: does it feel um, Does it feel weird with The Miz? I mean, I know they were, were, were tag team champions, but I don't know. It just feels weird this time that they are tag teams and, and champions.
1: I feel like that was just the natural course. To me, that feels natural, uh, actually, because it's like you put John Morrison on the same show as The Miz, and immediately they start interacting with each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: i'm like okay well to me the obvious course of action here is either they feud or they do miz and morrison again which is what they did so am I'm, I'm like i'm fine with that because that's a solid tag team that people remember and they're both still pretty young they can still do shit and it's kind of a nostalgia act a little bit mm-hmm. so i'm fine with that yeah Honestly, the SmackDown Tag Division seems to be a lot better shape than the Raw one after seeing this match.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, what what notes do you have on this match?
1: Okay, uh, I think Uso, like I liked that USO's and new day started and that was cool. Mm-hmm. Like I always like when they have a match together. I don't I don't mind it at all. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I was noticing Morrison when he after he got in. He started like you know working over people. He's gotten a lot tighter about his strikes than what he used to be. Some of those forearms and shit he was hitting on people—they they, they look damn good. Like I was like, "Fuck!" He's throwing the best forearms I've ever seen anybody throw at this point.
0: Well, Lucha Underground—they were pretty stiff when they were doing their forearms.
1: Yeah, I saw some of John's matches in Lucha Underground. That was one of the things that attracted me to that promotion for a bit. Because I remember, like, I-, I think I saw the match between him and Prince Puma, or Ricochet, whatever you want to call him. Mm. Um, I remember he just did a bunch of crazy shit. Like, he did that fucking, I don't know what to call it, other than he did, like, a psycho crusher into a kick. <laughs> <laughs> he did, like, a street fighter move, and it-, it-, it turned into a kick, and it was, like, one of the sickest things I've ever seen. <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, There was a, a cool Super Hurricane spot off the top of the pod. From League to Morrison. Mm-hmm. That was nuts. Otis was super over in this match. This is part of the reason why I was like, why did they take them out so early?
0: Because um, I think Vince just sees him as a fat guy.
1: He's yeah. just a funny fat guy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Here's that spot where, like, Ziggler... Like, I think Otis was trying to get Ziggler and he, he climbed up to on top of the, one of the pods... And then Tucker climbs up on the other side as he's like, hi, oh, you can't get me because you're fat. <laughs> and then he's like, he's behind him. And then he's like, oh, fuck. And then he th- he's like, Tucky, throw him down! Yeah! And then he <laughs> fucking <laughs> throws him down at him. And then like Otis catches him. And like, he just kind of stands there awkwardly for a, a few seconds. Like he doesn't, he's not sure of what he's supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> so he just kind of like, scoop slams him (laughs) i was like what the fuck did he just get lost for a minute
0: probably did he probably he was probably surprised he caught him
1: it might have been maybe he was nervous or maybe he just like fucking just you know had a brain fart because that's what it looked like i'm like he's like yeah i'm like oh this is gonna be cool they're gonna do a thing he just catches him and just kind of stands there for a minute and i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) okay um yeah, of course, Otis blowing through the, the, the wall was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, that, that that fucking... I think the only, t- the only part where they fucked up here, at least, is when Tucker was like, you know, he was checking on Otis. I don't think he got into it enough, in my opinion. That may have been how he was told to do it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like if, if I did this, I would have been doing this shit where he was like, he sees he's laying out there and he blow through the wall and he's like out. And he's like, Oh, it is. You know, and he, he, maybe he like runs outside and he's like checking on him and shit. And of course he's like done. He's not moving. Yeah. And then, you know, you get the camera on him. He turns around, he starts like fucking shaking and he's like turning red and shit. <laughs> I would do that, man. Like he's going to Hulk out. He runs back in there and he starts whipping ass like what he was doing for like 30 seconds. Yeah, I, I'd make it go on for maybe a minute, though. And then, yeah, just go in there and blow a stack and beat everybody's ass. That would have been awesome if they did it that way. But they only kind of halfway did. <laughs> yeah. Um, missed opportunity.
0: Like, I, double... said, like I said, oh, they, they're the comedy tag team.
1: Yeah, they they got potential, though. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I
0: agree. It just it does not have Ben sees it.
1: So. Yeah, you don't see him that way. Just, that, that's the thing. Being the comedy guy is a really tricky spot in that company because it could be... It could help you or it could be very dangerous and it could kill your career. Uh, there was a double top pod splash from the Usos to eliminate Rudolph. That was cool.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with Usos. The only thing with the Usos is, what's with the short hair? I guess they're not long hair anymore.
1: I guess he just felt like, you know, they've been off. They maybe change up their look a little bit, which they have. And whatever. Hey, that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the where Kofi tried to do a callback to his pod spot from last year with Daniel Bryan, and he fucking blew it and just <laughs> lost.
2: Yep. <laughs> I
1: was like, oh. <laughs> um, let's see. Miz and Morrison win.
0: By the way, how weird is that that Kofi Kingston was so over last year, and now he's just just, just new new day.
1: It's just the way they booked him. They didn't. Yeah. I don't really think, in my opinion, they really committed to his push because it was just like maybe Vince was like, "Yeah, I'll give you this moment, pal. You know, here you go." It's like that, you know. It. What's the word I'm trying to use? complimentary title run. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, whenever Kane wins the world title, every time he won it, it didn't feel like all he did. He's the world champion. It felt kind of like they just gave it to Kane to throw him a bone or something.
0: I guess you're right, but it's just weird because I remember that match where like people wanted because it was supposed to be Ali versus fucking Daniel Bryan.
1: Yeah, that's that's really weird to think about still too. That Ali's just totally out of it. Yeah, like um. Yeah, this was a pretty surprising match, though. There were a lot of high spots I didn't expect in this match. Uh, and then after the thing was, after this match was like ended, I was like, "This other chamber match is not going to be able to match up to this at all."
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> and they they fucked up severely by by doing this the way they did, in my opinion. This should have been the main event. Yeah, that gets into that gets into something else though. But uh, what did you give this one?
0: 8.25 out
1: of 10. So I gave it 8.75 out of 10.
0: Okay, cool. All right. AJ Styles versus Aleister Black. Yeah. I don't know how they got here.
1: I know how they got here. Tell me. Okay. So Alistair Black was walking around backstage one time, and this was after Gallows and Anderson, the best tag team in the world, lost a match. <laughs> And, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. And, uh, AJ was back there being like, What the fuck, guys? Come on, like we're the best. We're the club. You know? And then Alistair Black was just walking by and then AJ's like, What the fuck's your problem, man? <laughs> and you know, Aleister Black is socially awkward because he's a goth kid. Yeah. And he's just like uh, he's like, Shut the fuck up so they just beat his ass. That's that's pretty much what happens. Not that not that verbiage <laughs> but that is literally what caused this whole thing. Yeah, but it's so
0: weird. Like that I mean, I guess I give him kudos for having like building a story but like, hey, look, this is why they're having a match.
1: It was a really weak reason to start this feud in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh cuz it just seemed like they were pissed off and then that guy was walking by so they decided to beat his ass. That's literally why this happened. And it, it led to like a really a couple of really not good Matches on Raw with Alistair Black, in my opinion. Like they had he had this like after that beatdown, he had this match with Eric Rowan, and they're still trying to push that spider thing. Yeah. By the way, the spider story is dead. Drew McIntyre squashed it. <laughs> so it's dead. Thank God. There was some dumbass on Twitter who's like a wrestling journalist. I, I can't remember this dude's name, but he was being such a fucking insufferable douche about this. And he was trying to say, What how how come they're trying to push Drew McIntyre's baby face when he squashed Eric Rowan's pet? It's like, motherfucker, you know that's a fake spider, quit it. <laughs> Stop being fucking stupid. Like what the I don't know, it shit fucking irritates me sometimes.
0: But <laughs> it's kind of weird that he thought that was a real
1: spider. He knows it's fake spiders. Like He's just being, like, a twat. Like, you know, it's like when people try to, like, make something into something else. They're trying to, like, you, you cross, I don't know. It's stupid journalist shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, that led to a really awkward match between those two, where Alistair Black, despite being assaulted backstage, Eric Rowan could not be him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like really, really embarrassing, and it buries him. And then I hated, I hated that match. And then they had a match, a gauntlet match on the following Raw, and it led to this. Here you go.
0: Yeah, and it's AJ's. AJ's starting to get into that typical, you know, I'm just chilling with these moves kind of thing because it's very repetitive uh sometimes he does flash the you know the top rope stuff
1: i think he's not 100% yet i think that's why he's kind of doing stuff the way he's doing it lately mhm it's it's allegedly it's what i've heard is yeah cuz if you notice he's mostly staying on the ground lately
0: man yeah, i i got i and i'm being truthful i got really bored and my brain turned off and the only time it turned back on i was like oh the undertaker's here <laughs> because, <laughs> hey, you know, you got to build up that mania that might happen or not. Um, where I think, because this was a no-disqualification, um, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were beating up Aleister Black, and then The Undertaker came and fucking slammed them, and then pretty much Aleister Black won <laughs> because of The Undertaker.
1: Yeah, which... I, it's weird cause you keep hearing like Paul Heyman likes Aleister Black and he's wanting to push him or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, how did this get him over though? Like how did any of these three matches get him over that? I, that we just talked about one, he gets his ass kicked and he sells the entire time and he sells well, by the way, but he beats a giant after having his ass kicked in an awkward match. And then he has a gauntlet match against the OC, and he loses it. <laughs> and, then, and here he wins because the Undertaker helped him. <laughs> what the fuck did this do to, to benefit Aleister Black? Did nothing. You know, with the
0: feud with AJ versus Undertaker is interesting because I kind of want to see where it goes. I want to see how AJ is going to carry Taker in in the match. Um, but at the same time, I think it should be Aleister Black versus The Undertaker.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, he's not in that position though right now. Yeah, I saw. I don't remember where I saw this, but I saw a pretty good alternative proposition here, which would be Aleister Black and The Undertaker against the OC. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know that would actually be kind of kind of cool because he gets the Undertaker wrestle, but he's in a tag match, so he's not in a single. Uh-huh. So you don't have to worry about him fucking dying or something. Like, <laughs> so Alistair Black is teaming up with The Undertaker, so he's getting a rub. Yeah, I,
0: I don't see AJ, like, Styles, uh, Clash, and uh, fucking The Undertaker.
1: <laughs> no, he's a little too tall for that. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, hey, you know, maybe that would be a good idea. I don't think that's what they're going to do, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got notes for this match. Not a ton. All right. Uh, shoot them because I don't have any. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, Aleister Black does awesome selling. That's like one of his best attributes in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, there was a spot in the match where AJ kind of had him on the ropes. He was getting heat. <laughs> AJ recently won the PWI, uh, wrestler of the decade award. <laughs> And, like, while he was beating him down, he just started, you know, getting heat, yelling at the crowd. He's like, PWI Wrestler of the Year! Come on! What the hell am I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's cool. Uh, I like that spot where, like, I think AJ grabbed a cane from underneath the ring and was going to attack him with it. But like Alistair fucking knocked it out of his hand or some shit, or somehow he dropped it and he picked it up and he whipped his ass with that cane. Mm-hmm. Like he fucking broke it. <laughs> I was like, damn, like he's going all in on that. Like I haven't seen anybody hit anybody with a cane like that in a long time, honestly. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, I like, I gotta give props to AJ for busting out the brain buster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did he hit it here too and i'm like fuck like i'm surprised they let him do that move really uh i guess they just trust him so much i don't know that's the only thing i could think of because that's not really a move you see on wwe ever
0: and he's pretty safe when it comes to that stuff
1: yeah i mean in my opinion aj styles was up there with like i don't know Shawn michaels or something in terms of execution mm-hmm. or Bret hart maybe <laughs> um <laughs> Let's see. I like that spot where AJ tried to tombstone him after he went for a lion salt. He countered it. That was fucking cool. I think they should have done it.
3: Yeah.
1: And then he just maybe kicks out because it's AJ Styles doing a tombstone, not the Undertaker. It's a shitty tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, to be fair, should... to be fair
0: Taker does a, a great tombstone because that's his move.
1: <laughs> that's a big man move, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh I liked where they set up the table and it paid off. Alistair did a meteora through the table on the outside. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, you talked about the shit where Undertaker appears and did all that and that was the ending. Uh props to Alistair for a selling. Pretty good, but I think they could do better. It's still clear that AJ is not a hundred percent.
0: Yep. And I just I my final note was this is I I said They're both good competitors. I don't know why this became a pay-per-view match. Uh, So I gave it a 6.5 out of 10.
1: I gave it a 7.0 out of 10. Okay. Because I thought it was good. It could have been better knowing. I know AJ's still not. He's still kind of hurt. But it did sort of feel like maybe a a match you could have had on a main event overall. Mm Mm-hmm sort of, it was good. It's just, it could have been better.
0: Yeah. All right. Street profits versus Seth and uh, Murphy. And this is another feud that just keeps on going and going. And the same people co- come in to interrupt it and keeps on going and going. Um, Street profits are great. Seth and Murphy are great. I'm not, you know, saying they suck or anything. It's just, why is it, it's always leading to, like, this brawl kind of thing at the end.
1: Yeah, this thing with Kevin Owens and stuff.
0: Yeah, are we going to get, is it going to be Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens at Mania? Is that the thing?
1: I think so. I think it's just because they, I think Seth's in a holding pattern right now. I honestly think they don't know what the fuck to do with him right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh there's no spot for him to do anything because Lesnar has the title. Hopefully Drew can get the title off of him and have a normal title run with no terrible injury luck or something. And they can start to do things again. (laughs) That's the only thing that kind of sucks about Lesnar being champion. Yeah. uh, Is that she can't just do normal programs. Like Seth's just kind of out there fucking in the wind with nothing to do. And he can't even go after – why can't he go after the U.S. title? I know Andrade is supposed to be a heel and sets a heel, but, like, fuck. I think it would be better for him to have that right now.
0: That or the Intercontinental Championship.
1: That's on the road the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I noticed the crowd was fucking dead in this match. Uh, it's
0: because of the tag team uh, chamber match.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that that killed the show too. <laughs> uh, God, what else? What What do I got here? Montez Ford's always fucking great with his <laughs> athleticism and shit, man. And all the shit, shit he does in the ring or when he's doing promos, mm-hmm. that guy can be a singles dude. I think he's got that potential for sure.
0: I always like when he shakes the ropes.
1: He does the ultimate warrior rope shake, but he does it way too long yeah. <laughs> to where it's funny. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, There was a spot that pissed me off where Ford did a dive to Murphy and Rollins mm-hmm. on the outside, and Seth got up from it right after taking it, ran and got up on the apron and fucking no-sold it, and it pissed me off. He no-sold a dive. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Come on. Uh, this this ma-
0: at times this was like a good tag team match, but then there was like a lot of spots that were going on, and I was getting annoyed because I yeah, knew- like the
1: War Raiders came out and it fucked everything up, and the AOP came out, and then they started fighting each other.
0: Yeah, and it, it, that's when my brain turned off. I was like, I don't care anymore. The- yeah. This this Elimination Chamber match, every time I was like, oh, you know, this is pretty decent. And then something happens that we've seen on TV for literally two months or maybe a month. And I'm just like, yep, don't care. Three months
1: even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the ending of the match was Kevin Owens comes out through the crowd eating popcorn because he wasn't booked tonight. And he, like, sits there and eats popcorn and distracts Rollins while he gets fucking pounced. By Dawkins into the fucking barricade, which looked nasty. <laughs> yeah. That was fucking brutal.
0: Because I was thinking, I was like, "Man, does Seth Rollins know he's about to get fucking run over?" And then, boom! I was like, oh, boom. That, was, "That was that was cool." I admit that was cool.
1: Then he fucking—I I don't remember how the match ended. Now I think, I think he stunned Rollins, and it caused him to get pinned, right?
0: Yeah, something with uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, either distracting, or
1: I—I I don't think he hit him with
0: the popcorn,
1: did he? No, no, he like fucking just dropped it or some shit and stunned him. I think it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, this is bad because I can't remember the end, and it's—it's it's very telling about this match. <laughs> like, I—I I remember how Seth sold it. Like, hang on, let me double check. uh... Oh, no, no. Street Profits finish Murphy off in the ring after Rollins gets fucking leveled. That's what happened. So, (laughs) Good thing I wrote that down. After that happened, Rollins was in the ring, and I think Murphy rolled to the outside, and he was just unconscious. And he's like, what happened? What happened? And then Kevin Owens lays his popcorn down very carefully (laughs) so that it doesn't fall over. And then he stuns him, and Seth Rollins does that awesome Peter Griffin family guy cell where he's like his his arms all up on his back, and he's in this awkward heap. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great, but other than that, honestly, this match came off like a raw match, especially with that goofy spot where Owens comes out munching popcorn. Yeah, I'm like, what? this is just raw shit.
0: <laughs> I gave this a five out of ten because I just didn't care. But a Five out of ten is average because uh, it was a good wrestling match, but like the the storytelling in, in this is is boring.
1: What do you got? That. Uh, sorry, I was changing my score there. I was oh. thinking because of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I I brought my score down. It wasn't really high anyway.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But
1: uh, I give this a five point seven five out of ten. Okay. I I originally had six point twenty five, but like it was like looking back on it, I'm like this was it was nothing was really wrong other than it being like a raw match mm-hmm. it's just fucking boring honestly
0: there's Spe- no investment here speaking of another uh raw match um
1: smackdown match
0: yeah <laughs> 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 fucking hate the brand split stuff um so there's a handicap match which was sammy uh, nakamura and uh Cesaro versus yeah. Braun Strowman. Here's the thing Pretty the icy title. Pretty icy title. I'll say it right. I'll say the ending right away. Sammy pins Braun.
1: Yeah, they triple team him and he gets the pin. I think is what happened, right?
0: Yeah. But I'm confused because how they are saying it online is that Sammy wins, but. They all took a picture together holding the title.
1: Yeah. So but S- Sammy's officially recognized as the champion.
0: Oh, Okay, so they're all three of them are not the champion. No, it's just Sammy is. How? How? Like? How do you book that? Like, did they all agree that Sammy's going to be the guy, or like? Because if I'm Cesaro and if I'm Nakamura, don't don't I want the title?
1: I. I heard allegedly that's what this is going to lead to, or something. Is I, I mean, somewhere or that, or it was a fan theory and it made a lot of sense. I mean, it made a lot of sense for what WWE likes to do, anyway.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: uh, I yeah, I guess they were doing like a weird handicap tag freebirds rule. Maybe he was legal. Mm-hmm. I think he was legal. Uh, and he got the pin I remember him I thought I remember him saying something before the match he did like a pre-match promo he was saying I'll win the title and I'll give it to Shinsuke because that's where it needs to go Well he did win the title
0: mm-hmm.
1: now he's going to give it to Shinsuke so you see they already set this up maybe
0: it's going to be at the performance center
1: <laughs> that's you give me a title or you will get knee to face
0: or oh, low blow
1: I hope, I I miss when Shinsuke would low blow people.
0: Mm -hmm. And it would be that awkward just like up there (laughs) for like five seconds.
1: I love how he low blows people because he gets so, it's like he enjoys so much that he punches you in the nuts. Mm -hmm. He he lingers on it and he, on his face, you could tell. He got like some kind of like release from hitting you in the bag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've never seen that before.
0: So hopefully there's going to be a triple threat between Cesaro, Naka, and Sammy.
1: Maybe at I, Mania? I guess. it's To me, it's just weird because Sammy has been presented as a manager for like the last year, half of a year or a year now. Mm-hmm. And not a wrestler. And in my opinion, he's like even an even worse of a spot now than what he was because it's like I think he's looked at more as a manager. So it's like the lame ass manager won a title. <laughs> like it'd be like if Jim Cornette won the title.
0: Oh, what about I, this? I, Ron Strowman lost to a manager.
1: Yeah, I mean he was assisted, but that's how it always goes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I. Uh, I don't really have much to say about this one, though. Like, I liked the promo before the match. It was great. It was just great old-school heel promo shit Sami Zayn was doing, especially manager shit. When he was like, you know what, Braun Strowman has never touched me, and he's not ever going to get to touch me. That's fucking old shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I, I, it was fun. I, I liked that promo. But... Uh, Braun Strowman is garbage now. Dude, he's the big show. Yeah, he is in the big show spot. It's official. It, like, it's really sad though. He sh- he never got his world
0: title match. Oh well, he did, but he just never won it. He never got his moment.
1: No, it, it, the, he had so many start and stop pushes, and. It's like big. It's like Big Show. I mean, until they give him a, a title, maybe he'll get a title match, way later, like how Big Show did, and he'll actually win it. You know, mm-hmm. Big Show was there for a while before he actually ever did like get anything. You know, yeah. Uh, but I can just see it now. Braun Strowman's the next New Year's baby.
0: <laughs> On that note, I gave this a six out of ten because the swerve of Sammy winning was kind of like. Eye-opening a little bit. I kind of want to see where it goes.
1: I honestly gave this match a 4.75 out of 10. Oh, geez. Because it's just like, really? Y'all are doing a handicap match for the IC title. Bronze only had it for like a week. Mm -hmm. And he just lost it. And then he got triple teamed, but still. It's like he's been beating these guys' asses, and Sami Zayn is a manager. (laughs) He lost, and I like Sami, and I'm honestly glad he finally got a title. Like, you know, somebody put up a stat or some shit. It had been like five years since Sami Zayn won a title. Jeez, and it's like that's back when he won the NXT Championship, and then Kevin Owens beat him in a month. Fuck! <laughs> like,
0: I still. it was a long
1: time ago. Now
0: I still remember when he got power bombed on the apron. That was fucking nasty.
1: God, that was awesome. That was a great angle. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I like Braun Strowman, but I feel like he's in the big show spot, and I like everybody else, but yeah
0: he'll be in catering soon. I guess. All right, main event time. Here we go. So we had the women's chamber match. Um, again, I don't know why they have to make things predictable. We all knew who was going to win. Yeah. So, unless they were going to do some kind of type of swerve where Ruby Riot was going to face fucking Becky Lynch.
1: No, that was never. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but it, th- th- again, with the booking again, uh, Shayna Baszler was h- struggling with Kyrie Sane.
1: That's what pisses me off about this, because this is so ass-backwards. This, mm-hmm. that, she looked, she struggled to beat her on the Raw before this. And then it's like, now she just fucking murders everybody? Yep. Like, honestly, she should, I like Kyrie Shane, and I don't think anybody ever says has anything bad to say about her. Uh, she's great. But, she's a tag team wrestler right now. and, Honestly, she's kind of Oscar's henchwoman, mm. <laughs> like, like really. And ba- Shayna Baszler should have beat her in like five minutes. That's what should have happened, <laughs> but it didn't. It went for fifteen minutes or something. Yep. And now, don't get me here. Here is the thing: I'm not complaining about what happened in this match. This is what needed to happen. Yeah. It's, it's. I'm not, I don't like how they executed it exactly. Like I think instead of sitting there waiting for the timer to run out and having a bunch of dead air when nobody else is in the match, they should have just went ahead and released the pod. Why waste that time?
0: Yeah. I think I, I messaged you. I'm like, are they not, are they waiting on a timer? Like what is going on?
1: It's like, yes, they are. And it's like, I'm like, why? Like, Just go ahead and just do something like, uh, well, it sounds like the officials backstage are calling an audible and we're going to go ahead and see who else is going to come out. Just do the thing. Do the shot over the pod. Show the light flashing. Liv Morgan comes out. (laughs) Instead of waiting. What the fuck? I,
0: I don't know who it was. I think it was Natalia, like, talking shit to Liv Morgan or something like that. And Liv Morgan sounded like she was turned on. She's like, "Oh yeah,"
1: she said. "Oh fuck." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Is this her character now?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's another storyline that just fell. Like they were supposed to be a big feud, but then they found out Lana can't wrestle, so they had to like throw it away. Hey, I mean, at least they
1: cut bait on it. I didn't want to fucking see that shit. Yeah, I guess I- I've been I've been saying forever they should have stopped, and they finally did.
0: Now they got the Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan kind of thing going on.
1: I guess. I mean, I guess that's something. <laughs> yep. I don't have any strong feelings over that one, really.
0: Oscar uh, doing weird faces in the pods and like yelling in Japanese really loud because Vince finds it funny, probably. And
1: it totally seems like something he would find funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I could definitely see him go to, up to Asuka. Asuka. You know that stuff that you uh, say in your uh, your language, right? He
1: he gives her so much mic time, and she literally says nothing anybody can understand. Mm-hmm. Like, occasionally she'll say something in English, and Kyrie will say a little bit more in English. Because I think her English is just better. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and they'll play off each other, but like, he'll let her go out there and do that for like 10 minutes
0: and then the <laughs> and then the crowd boos and then he's like yes heat hate baby I,
1: I think he thinks it's funny and he also thinks cuz he used to be an old trick the foreign heel says shit in his language and it pisses people off mhm but the foreign heel gimmick doesn't really work anymore in my opinion uh it's just it's a, it's something that's like dated now I'm sur- every, time, every time they try to bring it back it just does not get the heat it used to
0: I'm surprised like Vince is not going to do like the, the green mist is like coronavirus or something
1: <laughs> oh my god blue mist yeah. <laughs> it's like water oh god corona it's just like see, blue mist Shayna and she starts coughing and fucking they put a, a mask on her and Carter out <laughs> Oh, my God.
0: That's how, like, they get off of TV and shit. Like, uh, they have to be quarantined for two weeks.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: See, that stuff would not fly today because then people would be like, oh, people are dying, and, like, this is so wrong, it's offensive.
1: I I mean, yeah, like, some people are dying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to be an asshole, just the facts are but
0: like back then they would do something like that
1: yeah i mean it's not that yeah let's get into politics shit i don't know <laughs> <laughs> not that many people are dying calm down
0: <laughs> uh i thought Shayna like tossing Liv morgan around especially against the elimination chamber chains
1: god damn
0: i was like holy shit that looks fucking terrible
1: I I, honestly I love the way they they did this with her like aside from the shit the gaps in the time Mm -hmm. that was great like she went in there and beat everybody's ass did that awesome move it's kind of like um what the fuck is that dude's name Will Ospreay it's kind of like his finisher I think it's called Stormbreaker but it's it's not hers doesn't rotate all the way like that Uh, but she does that shit hits that nasty fucking knee it sounds awesome And then just fucking chokes him out. Did that to everyone. I was like, this is... Yes! And then people were, like, booing. But I couldn't tell if it's like they were pissed or like they were mad because she was being a heel.
0: (laughs) I can't tell in today's wrestling.
1: And I think it was the former because I heard people were walking out of the arena like while this was going on.
0: I mean... (laughs) It's a, it's a, I don't know. I, I, for me, because I didn't really care for this match. I thought it was this is what Shana should. Shane should have kicked Kyrie's ass on Raw, mm-hmm. and yeah. it kicked everybody's asses in the, in the chamber. Yep. Instead, I, instead they had Kyrie like almost beat her, and then Shayna being like, "All right, uh, that's it. I'm gonna start kicking everybody's ass now."
1: It pissed her off enough to try hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I. I think this was a victim of match placement. It, this was terrible. This this is planned terribly, especially when, how did you not know ahead of time that you all plan these fucking matches and you know, somebody fucking put together the tag team chamber the way that they did. And you let this in the show like this should have been in the in the tag team match spot. I mean, I know this has been presented as the bigger angle, that's kind of the problem. Yeah. Uh, it's but the way they put it together was just like it pissed everybody off at the end. And I think it's dumb because from what I could tell like general fan reaction was everybody's pissed because nobody got to wrestle. That's I, why they're pissed.
0: I would have had chain a bite. All the competitors before the uh, the chamber match. Oh my god! And like they She's all
1: chewing through the competition.
0: It like they all couldn't uh, couldn't be uh, in the match. And I guess like you have Becky and and Shayna just fighting in there, not in a, like a, a full fledged match, but like making it all bloody.
1: Yeah, like maybe she runs in there and tries to fucking hit her with a chair mm-hmm. or or something, like do a run in, you know. Or they brawl on the outside and they break it up, or some you know a bunch of fucking referees can't stop them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> shit like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's what sticks out to me though about this complaint. No, Liv didn't get to wrestle, and, and uh, you know, Ruby didn't get to wrestle. It's like that's not the point. That that was not the point of this.
0: It's Shayna. Shayna has to be look good to go into Mania if there is a Mania.
1: That's part of the problem with the the way that the the raw women's division is, the state of it right now. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it never really recovered after they fed everybody to Ronda Rousey. Uh, Because it's like she beat fucking everybody. Mm -hmm. And then Becky beats her. Great. You know? And then it's like, well, now what? (laughs) <laughs> it's like they didn't really build anybody back up exactly yeah like sasha came back with some build-up just because she was gone for so long and that was like the only one that kind of felt like oh yeah that maybe this could be good and it was while it lasted <laughs> and then it was over all of a sudden <laughs> like, uh yeah it's just they never rebuilt the division in my opinion everybody's still where they were over a year ago now
0: Man. Other than that, um I'm actually gonna change my score for that match. I'm gonna give it a six point seven five out of ten. Because I, 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 oh, I gave props that chain I mean, this is what we supposed to see in China, so that's the only like positive thing I saw out of this, but it's very predictable.
1: Uh yeah. I think I think it was like, you know, there, mm, there could have, it's weird. Cause I don't know if I'm trying to think of a way where you could have done this match and you could have shut everybody up. That would bitch when nobody got to wrestle, <laughs> you know? Well, not everybody needs to wrestle all the fucking time. And it's not always about all the goddamn moves. Somebody does. And people don't fucking get that nowadays, uh-huh. but like, you could have maybe had everybody else go in there and do some more shit for a while and then put Shayna out even later. Like maybe make her be like next to last instead of like, you know, the way they did it. And then she just goes in there, chokes fucking Sarah Logan out or chokes, she chokes them all out in rapid succession. Mm -hmm. And I think that might've gone out. That might've gone over better. I think, I don't know though. (laughs) <laughs> like, other than that, like I don't have much else to say. Uh what'd you give it? Six point five. Okay. Alright, so my
0: notes for the overall is um the tag chamber match was good. The sa- the uh handicap match with Braun surprised me. The Shayna was very predictable. Uh, overall show, um, I don't. They need to get rid of this pay per view somehow.
1: I hate the theme pay per views. It sucks because it boxes you into a fucking corner and you have to book a show a certain way. You have to do this because it's the Elimination Chamber. You have to do this because it's money in the bank. You can't build anything, it's just a fucking gimmick, stopgap between bigger pay per views.
0: Just put the elimination chamber in Survivor Series.
1: Yes. It's it's you know, it's a survival match. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would make Survivor Series bigger.
0: But I gave this a 6.2 out of I mean wait, 6.25 out of ten.
1: I have to readjust my score because I changed a bunch of scores while we talked about this show. I did that on the last one too, though. Mm-hmm. And so exciting. <laughs> I can't help it. I like to crunch numbers.
0: Crunching them numbers.
1: Oh, yeah. And it ends up being the same. I, it's 6.5 for me. It was is weird because this show, I thought, started out pretty strong. And then it just kind of like fell off <laughs> after that tag match.
0: You could tell it was a weak build.
1: I, yeah, well, we kept forgetting when it was. That was like the most telling thing about it. It's like, you were like, l- I was like, here, let's play Resident Evil 5. We need to play this. Oh, Elimination Chambers Night. And I was like, fuck. I honestly rather would have played Resident Evil 5.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there were times when I was watching this, I was like, I was, I was about to message you be like, hey, you just want to play Resident Evil 5.
1: Yeah, we could have we easily done that and said, oh, we're going to talk about Revolution and then like fill time. Because we could have done that.
0: We could have played Resident Evil 5 and had that shit on in the background.
1: Oh, yeah, we could have. Heck, we could have even done that, I suppose. But...
0: Yeah. It's already passed. Um, but anyway, I don't know when the next pay-per-view is going to happen. We don't even know if WrestleMania is going to happen.
1: Yeah, wrestling is in flux because of fear-mongering shit or something. I don't know.
0: That's another debate. but uh, That's another debate. Yeah, I'm
1: not saying we're being manipulated. I'm saying people are overreacting, I think.
0: I don't think the events. No, I'm not getting into this. This is going to take forever. No, uh, we're getting into
1: this right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's no pay-per-views. Uh, AEW doesn't have a – oh, wait. NWA, the, the, the Crockett, if that happens –
1: If that happens, yeah, we don't know. We literally don't know. We might have to go into uh, the archives for a while. Oh, yeah. Dig into our bag of tricks for for something next.
0: What we'll do if Mania is canceled for, not canceled or delayed uh, in about two weeks or so, we'll do, or three weeks, I'm sorry, um, old WrestleManias we'll watch. We'll pick. I say we'll pick about two each.
1: Oh, damn. Okay.
0: Yeah. To fill up the mania. We'll do like a, an Attitude-era one, and then we'll do a 90s-era one. Actually, you don't want to do
1: WrestleMania 1, 2, 3, and 4?
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> what? The chronology, you have to see how it progresses over time.
0: Did you want to do that? Do you want to start from one and we reach? Uh,
1: I actually don't really care, but we, we can talk about that off air. <laughs>
0: yeah. Other than that, if you guys want to catch more of getting some color, make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com. Uh, we're also on uh, Spotify and iTunes. If you search Nerd View Network, we also have a website called com. Uh, if you want to catch more Big Trouble Little Podcasts, it's the same thing. And hopefully we will get back to Resident Evil 5. If there's, like, no wrestling to watch because of all this corona, maybe we're going to go into a game that deals with actual outbreak. So <laughs> maybe we'll get into Resident Evil 5 and all that. Uh, but until next time, everybody, uh, wash your hands.
1: <coughs> wash these hands. <laughs>
0: Later, guys.